Welcome everybody to the Minimap Cast. This is Minimap.com.au's weekly games podcast, your favorite weekly games podcast. My name is Kerry Palmer, and joining me as always is Jeremy Bratitich. Hello. This I was cleaning my glasses as the intro was happening, and I didn't do a good enough job, so I'm gonna do it again. Okay. Oh, that's a shame because what you didn't see while the while the intro was happening was me giving you the goofiest face just before the transition disappeared to try and get you to crack. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't I wasn't looking at all. Oh, I was pulling I wasn't paying attention in the slightest. I was pulling like a two thousands Jim Carrey face at you to try and get you to crack, which which like I can time to disappear the moment like the transition comes back yeah. to, to the scene. Yeah, I have to I have to account for a slight bit of lag when it comes to that transition. Like I have to start talking before it goes away. I have to I have to preempt it. It's like pre firing in COD. You know, oh, you don't. I mean, you don't have to. Like, it's you know, it's good to. No, but, but like, I, like, I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, the newscaster moment of. Yeah, well, that, and back to the news. Well, uh, that, like, that's probably why. That's probably one of the biggest reasons why every time you watch the news, right, they have a couple seconds of the camera being on them, but like from sort of further away, right? Um. You know what I mean? Like that, like they'll yeah, they'll, like, they'll, a, like an establishing an shot. establishing shot of of them inside the studio, which is funny considering that, like, of course they're inside the studio. <laughs> um, How much money do you think they spend on that, like, jib shot? You know what I mean? Like to yeah, to have the facility to yeah, just to have that floating camera angle to take you in and out of well, the news broadcast. They also do it when they go to the weather, right? It's also the like, you know, I'm going to turn to the weather person. I'm going to turn over to the sports person. And also, they're using it every day. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> like, like that's pretty justifiable, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. This is going to be the last episode I record here. Oh, <laughs> you're going to move house. I'm going to be in, in a different house by this time next week. It's so funny how many locations <laughs> we've recorded minimap cast or just minimap stuff in. Yeah. Yeah. But like I was in like when we started Minimap, I was in one place for six months and moved here. And I've been here for more than five years since. Meanwhile, you've moved like four or five times. It's my least favorite thing to do every year. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I wish you a, a a more than twelve month stay at your new home. Oh, that would be lovely. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Jeremy, you wanted to talk about something as we as we were starting the show. There, we t- uh, just just hours ago, there was some news tweeted from the Platinum Games Twitter account and also Hideki Kamiya's Twitter account. Yeah, um, yeah, Platinum and 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 Kamiya have both announced that that Kamiya is going to leave Platinum, um, which is like, uh, like when you think of Platinum Games, regardless of the game that you think of. Kamiya was probably definitely involved in some way. Mm-hmm. He he was the 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 he's he's one of the most like one of the most prolific directors in games. Right. Um uh but also he was like the face of Platinum. Um I've got his I've got his Wikipedia page here. I'm just gonna quickly run through just the games that he'd like that he worked on from ninety six to now. Um, oh my god. Like, that like a long career. It is a long career. Uh, he he was seemingly not done. No, definitely not done. Um, he worked on Resident Evil One, um, Resident Evil Two, Devil May Cry, Resident Evil Zero, Beautiful Joe, Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney, uh, Beautiful these Joe are, Two. These are hits. These are great. Beautiful Joe, Double Trouble, Okami, Bayonetta, Wonderful One Hundred One, Bayonetta Two, Astral Chain, World of Demons, Soul Crester, Bayonetta Three, Bayonetta Origins, um, Project GG, which is 
their next game, which he was a director on, um, okay. and also Scalebound, the cancelled platinum Xbox exclusive yeah, game wow. that, 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 that didn't end up coming around. Um, that's a lot. It's a, that's that's a an, lot. That, that is an impressive career, to say the least. Yeah. I mean, some of these he was supervisor on or supervising director or something. Yeah, which, which is like, the equivalent of like producer in the games world, I, I would say. Yeah, it, yeah. or kind of like head of a studio and needs to like make sure everyone's <laughs> like getting paid, like needs to spend like eight hours a week in like their back end just and, approving timesheets. And, and I, I feel like I need to also mention that for his role in Phoenix Wright, um, he was a voice role, um, which means that like... <laughs> Uh, he probably wasn't really that involved in that one. Um, but Platinum <laughs> did say, we regret to announce that Hideki uh, Kamiya will be leaving Platinum on October 12th, 2023, um, which is in a couple weeks. We are truly grateful for his creative ideas, leadership, and contribution to the growth of Platinum Games from our startup to this very day. We believe that he will continue to successful uh, continue to succeed in his future endeavors as a game creator. We are looking forward to seeing the game industry grow into a better place with him in it. We wish him all the best for the future. Um, that's a like his first credited game is Resident Evil in '96, and two years later he's directing Resident Evil Two. Yep, that's wild. Yeah. Uh, as of one hour ago, Kamir tweeted an image of uh, his underwear while he was ta- while he's taking them off, sitting on the toilet when he's got a giant hole in his underwear. Um, Kamiya's so fucking funny. I don't know if you like know much about him. He's like, he's very rude in a lot of ways, but like okay. blunt and he's rude in a way that's really fucking funny. Right, okay. He's famous for blocking people on Twitter. Oh, this guy. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he blocked Imran Khan at some point, didn't he? He's blocked <laughs> so many people. Yeah, regular um, Jonathan blowout here. Uh, Kamiya said, as announced on the official Platinum uh X account, which is funny that he actually specifies X, not Twitter. I will be leaving Platinum Games on October 12th. This came after a lot of consideration based on my own beliefs and was by no means an easy decision to make. However, I feel this outcome is for the best. I will continue to create in my Hideki Kamiya way. I hope you'll keep your eyes peeled. Um, so it doesn't seem too bad. It does seem fairly sudden. It does seem sudden. It feels like there was a decision that was perhaps not... Like that, so there was there was an agreement between the two parties that was that maybe could not have been reached. Yeah, um, exactly. Like a creative differences kind of thing. Maybe. And when when you look at what Platinum's been doing, right? There's a lot of stuff in there that you don't see. You don't see him working on things like the Transformers game or yeah, he, uh, Babylon's Fall. Babylon's Fall. Yeah. And so immediately I start to think, okay, maybe in the the studio's bid to try and. Uh, get a bit more outside sort of less kitschy indie kind of a vibe. Yeah. Find a bit more mainstream income, at least partially, you know, they go for the online microtransactions. They go, uh, they go for the licensed properties. And those are the, those are the things that for platinum have done more poorly. Um, Camille was also one of the co-founders and the vice president of platinum. Um, yes. so there's like, there's a bit there. Um, yes. I, I do wonder if like, maybe they're going through an acquisition and he doesn't want to be involved perhaps. Or, or they're like gearing up for it. Maybe. Yeah. It, it, it's hard to know because you, you, you sort of look at 
platinum like and like Kamiya himself and his directorial abilities is an asset for that studio um yes. so like his name and his yeah. uh his auteurness yeah recognizability yeah that's it's funny yeah fascinating um if 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 you or if anyone hasn't seen it i highly recommend the mega 64 video um about Kamiya um in in true mega 64 fashion it is completely bonkers and 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 hilarious but the entire the entire video is premised on Camille blocking Rocco from Mega Sixty Four on on Twitter. And Wait, so he's infamous for doing that, and then went on and did a bit about doing that. Yes. so much. Yeah, he's got a That's good. Sense, so good. He's got a good sense of humor, and the bit is about Rocco flying to Japan to meet Camille to get him to unblock him, and it turns, it's 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 really funny. It's very funny. Uh, I like that. Yeah, I like it's that. good. All right, everyone, let's start the show. We um. We've got a lot to talk about. So today. much! What a fucking week. <laughs> uh, and it's a bit of a weird one. I was saying to Jeremy, where I normally get my news from is kind of funny's uh, Games Daily podcast. And since COVID, I've been a week behind on them, and so I just haven't really grasped the the full gravity of the situation we're going to talk about today. But basically, there was a really big leak that occurred during the week. Um, it it, it was actually continuing to be from the Microsoft and Activision Blizzard acquisition yeah. stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. Yeah, Microsoft the, kind of leaked their own documents, wasn't that? Yeah, what I heard? My, my understanding is that they 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 submitted a bunch of information to the to part of the 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 ongoing cases in various courts, um, and they did not secure the link. I believe is my uh, understanding, um, which means it was f- freely viewable um, in the in the public domain when it should have been a private link. Um, right. But from my understanding is that this was an error on Microsoft's fault. And it was like a lot of stuff. <laughs> it is the most it is the most inside baseball we've ever had of a company and, and of we've this had, size. You know, we've had Epic V Apple. We've had the last like 12 months of Microsoft trying to buy acquisition trying to buy Activision Blizzard. Yeah. Which they they then involved Nintendo with, they've been involved Sony with. Like we've had a lot of inside baseball recently. Yeah. Yeah, and it's um, yeah, it's not like it was some technical glitch like the like the GeForce Now leak. It wasn't like yeah. it wasn't hacking like the um like the GTA Six leak. This is just like someone someone made a boo boo. Yep, yep. So uh, we're going to get into it. I'm excited to hear all of the details that I haven't heard throughout the week, uh, and you get to hear all of them too because that's the topic for today. Uh, if you didn't know, this is the Minimap cast. This is minimap.com.au's weekly games podcast. We go live every Wednesday with 24 hours of early access given to all of our wonderful patrons. More on them in just a second. More on that, rather. If you like what you're hearing, make sure you tell your friends and give the show a positive rating wherever you're listening to us or watching us. Pardon me. If you're on YouTube. Um, yeah, it makes a huge difference. It only takes a couple of seconds. Uh, if you want to get notified every time a new episode is released or maybe when we go live, you can follow us on social media. You can find us at MinimapAU on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and also Twitch, where we are live every Monday, 7.30 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time for the live recording of the Minimap cast. We always hang out with chat before and after and during the show, and uh, it's a great time. We wanted to say thank you to Shook for letting us use the Moog Model D improv as the music for the Minimap cast. You can listen to more of Shook's music at shook.bandcamp.com. And finally... Minimap is completely independent and funded almost entirely out of our own pockets. So if you want to help keep the mics and lights on, uh, you can support us by becoming one of our patrons. 
for only $5 a month, you get 24 hours of early access for all episodes of the Minimap cast, plus some extra bonus features like our uh, retro press conference watch-along show that we've done. Uh, early access, like I've already said, you can find all of that over on patreon.com slash minimapau. And remember, it's cheaper than a latte with oat milk. Just invariably. Just like... As a universal constant. Yeah. It's just not even like a debate. Like when we wrote that, it was a bit of a debate. Yeah, it's just it was not even a debate. Yeah, when, when I wrote that, it was like five dollars, like fifty or something. Is but now it's like six twenty, like every yeah, day. Yeah, but I I bet you could find a, a four fifty one. I bet you could find somewhere that didn't charge that much extra for oat milk at the time. Oh, back then, not, not, sure, not sure, easily. Yeah, yeah, back then, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, now no. I, I do have one thing I want to read you just before we jump into the Xbox thing because I think you specifically oh, will find it very this. funny. Um, okay. It's about Final Fantasy VII and 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 uh, the Advent Children and Crisis Core and all the whole thing. Um, uh, this is from um, this is from a Twitter account, which is the the Shinra Archaeological Department, um, <laughs> which is funny. Um, uh, the things that fan like websites and Twitter accounts like call themselves, they're always like that far insular that like you look at it from the outside and you have no idea what it actually is. Yeah. Unless you actually played the game. Yeah, totally. Um, like there's an Aragon fan website that I always think of that like no one would know what it was because it's like literally not an English word. Yeah, right. Um, this is from like, this is from an article um, on a uh, on a website. I'm not too sure where this website is from. It is in... The internet. Mexico, I believe. Um, the the website is 3D um, Juegos, is how I'm assuming that word is pronounced. Um, that's the name of the website. Uh, the the tweet here, which credits which credits that website, saying when asked about Zack's Buster Sword design in the original Crisis Core Seven, uh, so original Crisis Core Final Fantasy Seven, Nomura said that the design was inherited from the one used in Final Fantasy Seven Advent Children, and he's not sure why they changed it. Because it's been changed since then in the new, in in the new um, versions of the game, it looks slightly Wait, different. So, so the design of the Buster Sword for Crisis Core when the game came out in like two thousand and seven or whatever, yeah, on PSP was based on the design of the Buster Sword from the sequel movie Advent Children. Yes, which has got it's got a different like a different um, like crossbar at the bottom instead of the the normal like riveted metal. It's yeah. this like. Uh, designed royal gold thing. Oh, okay. Um, which is funny because in uh, Ever Crisis, Zack's character portrait uses that version of the sword. Anyway, oh. in the new version of Crisis Core, it uses Cloud's riveted version, which is not what it was originally. Yeah, in Crisis Core, right. In, it's a, in, in Crisis Core remake, in the yeah. new one. Um, he says he's not sure why they changed it. In fact, he doesn't even think he authorized it. <laughs> <laughs> which is just funny like that's just that that's is just really so funny, funny. Yeah. for someone whose name is on the front of every final fantasy game as character designs by he's the only person who who has that ever since final fantasy 7 yep. that is very funny to hear that line from especially for final fantasy specifically yes uh, seven yeah specifically like i i think that it i prefer it this way because this is the sword that Cloud inherits, basically. It's the sword before Cloud gets it. Yeah, but think, so think. why wouldn't it be like what it is when Cloud gets it? It should 
It should just be like what it is when Cloud gets oh, Things it. can change over the years. You 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 change swords a tremendous amount of times in that game anyway. So it doesn't it doesn't Not really... in Crisis Core. Sure, but like in 7, which is, you yeah, know. Yeah, no, you do. But like, what is all the promo art with? Is with the Buster Sword. Like Apparently the original promo art, it, it's, it's also a little bit inconsistent as well. Oh my God, everybody. What are we doing? Look, it's, They're it's, fucking around with the timeline and they can't even get their own shit together. Well, he's not in charge of this one anymore. <laughs> I don't mean him. I mean, yeah. I mean all of it. I yeah, mean the whole I thing. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Onto the Xbox. Let's talk about all of Xbox's dirty laundry. So much stuff. So, so much stuff. Um, yeah, so uh, there was there was like we mentioned there was a there was a big accidental publicly made information dump, um, which was freely readable by everybody, um, which detailed a lot of things. Um, s- starting off with the biggest piece of information um, that that got leaked. I'll, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna be jumping sporadically between a couple of sources that I'm referencing, but um, primarily the sources that I'm referencing are from The Verge, um, because people like Tom Warren and Jay Peters, they they cover a lot of this stuff in oh, in, in, in tremendous amount this, of like, detail full time for the last like six months and doing an excellent job. Yeah. Um, so this article is titled "This is Microsoft's new discless Xbox Series X design with a lift to wake controller." Um, so. Wow. So yeah, so we got to we got to look at the new Xbox, which is not due to be announced or released until next year or perhaps the year after. Yeah, um, there there is a timeline here. Um, <laughs> so so okay, so so let let's let, let, let's go in in order. So the Xbox itself, this is meant to be an Xbox Series X, which is slightly smaller, but features no disk drive. And is no longer a, a a rectangle, but more of a cylinder shape. Um, yep. I don't know if you remember what what one of the the Mac Pro looked like. I was literally from, just about to say that. Yeah, the, the Mac Pro from from Yonks and Yonks ago. It looks a lot like this. Um, its code name is Brooklyn. Um, it is okay, it, enough. Yep. Um, uh, there's like there there are literal like we literally get like Xboxes like slideshows and decks for a lot of this stuff so a lot of this is going to feel like marketing talk and it's because it, it actually is but it's yeah it's this like is internal business talk internal marketing business talk totally um so it says They're here talking about like viable product and yeah and, and so it's it's worth mentioning as well that a lot of the stuff is definitely not final so what we're saying here might not actually this might never come out this might change dramatically um this information could become out of date very quickly this information might be already out of date but this is what we know so far um it so it says here brooklyn will deliver 4k gen 9 console gaming with more internal storage faster wi-fi reduced power and a more immersive controller with a beautiful redesign that elevates the old digital blah 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 um all new southbridge um to modernize IO and sustainability efforts, Wi-Fi 6E radio for better throughput latency, Bluetooth 5.2 radio for improved accessory experiences, and... That's good. I, I, like, I like all those things. That's cool. Um, reduced PSU power by 15%, which I think is really good. New low-power standby mode is 20% of current Xbox Series S standby power mode. Whoa! And this is this very is, low. This is the Series X design. This is the the one that's meant to be the beefy, you know, a trillion teraflops or whatever. <laughs> um, 
Increased use of PCR on housing to 30%. I don't know what that means. 100% recyclable packaging. Um, New design. uh, More internal storage for games. Two terabytes. USB-C front port with power delivery. All new uh, immersive controller. um, And same great price of $4.99 is what it says here. Um, So it sounds like no, no spec bump. Like no increase in terms of performance for games yeah, but no yeah in, increase wi-fi speed and strength and reliability increase bluetooth strength and speed and reliability uh better storage better power efficiency no it dis- sounds like a way, a way no for them to refresh the xbox yeah like it literally says brooklyn is the xbox series x refresh um yeah this is not the next gen of xboxes this is this is the the middle one which i assume I don't know if I don't know for certain. Um, we'll go over the timeline in a moment, but like, like I assume there will be um, th- this will come out as in addition to the Series X that already exists. Purely for the yeah. fact that, like, if they release this, then they don't have any consoles without with um without a disc drive with a disc drive rather. Exactly. Yeah. I would. What I would see happening is them phasing out production of the Series S. And just ha- and having the, se- the the current Series X, the, the the square one, become a cheaper model, unless they want uh, unless the Series S becomes their even cheaper entry point. So so they th- want it to be even 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 cheaper. There is an, like uh, as a part of the timeline, which I'll get to. There is a couple of other pieces of hardware which I believe is also a Series S refresh. So I don't oh. think they're going to get rid of the Series S. I think that they are happy enough with where it is at the moment so they'll refresh the series s and x but then have to keep the series the current series x in production so they've got a model with a disk drive i mean unless they just fully jettison it so so let's jump to the timeline just so we can get some more context for a lot of the stuff that's happening so um there's a there's there's a thing here called siebel project siebel i'm not 100 percent certain what that is i believe that's probably their streaming device yep that has a current launch window of financial year quarter four 2024 okay so end of may is what they've got here and end of may 24 end of may yeah which is like that that's the end of the financial quarter four because yep. their 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 financial quarter begins well, in I mean, july yeah. yeah yeah um that has apparently a launch price of 69 dollars that's cool. Um, which is probably Keystone. It's like the price of a controller. I, I, yeah, yeah, right. Um, that yeah. that is unless, um, which I'm not sure if that's. Oh no, sorry, sorry. I'm 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 wrong here. I forgot. Siebel is actually the name of their new controller. I forgot that that oh. was that was the name that was associated with it. So Siebel's going so to be their, announced. Their, their Wake console on. Yeah. On- Whatever they call it, Lyft or whatever. Yeah, I, we'll, we'll get to that in a moment. Um, so, so the new controller is going to launch um, in May of 2024. That's their current timeline. Um, and then at the beginning of July 2025, they're going to announce the new consoles refresh. So that is Brooklyn launching uh, at the end of October 2025. Yep. Uh, sorry, financial year 2025. Okay. And Elwood launching in end of august financial year 2025 so just a couple of months before a couple months before that one has got a price of 2.99 and the color it's scheme the same price as the series s and the color scheme is white for the award and black for the for brooklyn like this is a series s and a series x redesign a refresh rather 
And we're talking late 25, late 2025, are we? Not late 2024? When does the financial year start? Financial year is offset by six months. Yes, the financial year starts. Q1 and Q2 are uh, the, the second half of, of, of the year that the financial year starts in. Right, cool. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, so, so the 24-25 financial year, Q1 and Q2 right. is, is, is the second half of 2024. So the timeline is uh, May of 2025, we have a new controller. August yep. of 2025, we have the refresh for the Series S. And October 2025, we have the refresh of the Series X at the same price as they are currently. And the same specs. Uh, I, I believe so. I, I don't know. That, but, would be, that would be in there. Uh, not, like they wouldn't lead with, like, unless they yeah. just did not include them in those documents I, at I, all. I have so no reason. No chance to, of it leaking. I have no reason to believe that they are going to change the specs. Um. That th- this, yeah, blows this, my mind. Th- yeah, this this is not a pro model. No, these are slims. This is what yeah. we're looking at. We're looking at slims. So, which is what we got with all consoles in all prior generations with no Project Scorpio or PS4 Pro, which is what we got last generation. Yeah. So it says here a 60-day separation between the launches enables dialogue with different audiences. This this is the reasoning behind them separating the two launches right. of these can, by a couple months. They can focus months. on the S and they can focus on the X. Yeah. Um, allows us to focus on new improvements in in Siebel, tell stories beyond console, um, direct-to-consumer, adds value to Brooklyn and Elwood and announced, gives Elwood its own moment earlier in the holiday time frame to maximize sales, gives chance... Last chance, Edith. Edith. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't remember what Edith is. Is that the streaming device? I don't think so, because it says last, last chance. Last chance. Um, Edith might be, like, Series S original. Um, but we know what they're... Those, those... I mean, unless they changed what their their project code names were, like, they, they changed... Maybe they changed Project Scarlet, you know? But that's what... We, we knew what that was. Uh, did we know what the what the the S? I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, it also says Starkville end of life ahead of Brooklyn's launch, which might have been the internal name for um, X as well. Yeah. So Starkville ahead of Brooklyn. So they've linked those. That sounds like the two different Series X consoles. Like that, that's what it looks like. Um, and and we know that was Project Scarlet. But, but okay, it says so they've got different code names for these current consoles. But it says last chance Edith at 512 gigabytes. Um, which that's does... the current hard drive space of the Series S. Is it? Is yeah, it only five hundred? Right. Okay. Um, well, it's it's more like four hundred off the OS. Right. I, but I, I I just thought that that was a minimum of one terabyte. Um, I'll double check. I've got my Series S box over here. <laughs> yeah, five twelve gig. It says it right there. There you go. Um, yeah. So last chance for the Series S at one ninety nine is Black Friday offers before end of life, and then. Starkville, which I'm assuming is is the Xbox Series X, um, end of life ahead of Brooklyn's launch, which is interesting. It means that they are they end are end of life. They are phasing out the disc drive. They're phasing out their disc drive, which is fascinating. Now that said, it's not like this is happening May, August, October, 2024. This isn't happening in the next six to twelve months. This is happening in the next eighteen to twenty-four months. This is two years down the line. I can't believe we've got this information. Like I can't believe that. We know what they're planning to do for the next e- bunch of years, at least for the moment, right? I mean, you're right. Like seeing this far down the down the road for console plans is wild. And yeah. maybe maybe they've got a pro model in here that they just didn't disclose as part of these findings. You know, maybe it was what wasn't relevant. Maybe they just didn't put it in there 
because they, they didn't want something like this happening with that information. Because even just this is huge. Like this will define, this gives PlayStation not just rumors and like sources and like what have you heard. This gives them concrete information. And Xbox will try to squirrel out of it. They'll 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 duke and jive and and try and play this differently. But like PlayStation knows the game plan now. Everyone does. And and they won't they won't stray too much for this if they think it's the best course, right? Like That's right. this is not a thing where they look at this and because now everybody knows they're gonna change it. It's they can look at it and like they, they can do things like they can gauge reaction. They can gauge like how, yeah. like the temperature of things before they announce it. Like not that this is a thing. I've heard that they... no one talk about a drop of a disk drive of this last week. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I've heard like it, it's clear from the product, but no one's, I think the, the tacit assumption has been, oh, they'll keep the other one around. And like maybe they'll sell an, like an external disk drive as well or make them like, you know, make other ones that are out there already like you know compatible um we don't know um but like this would for me as someone who is a big 4k blu-ray person this is a shame for me um and someone who just enjoys buying games physically um well that's true but you have the original series x i do i do but you don't need wi-fi 6 and bluetooth 5.2 no but like it would be you know but like i'm then looking ahead it's a a heralding of the times right it's a a sign of what's to come i'm looking ahead to the console after this one right i'm look i'm looking ahead to the pro version of the xbox i'm like it's like that there's a chance they're not there um the disk drive entirely can i just say the thing that blows my mind about this like not just that we know these plans so far ahead of time but that these plans are only being enacted that far along. Five, almost five years into the life of the Xbox Series family of consoles is when we get the the refreshes. That mm. is so long. That well, is so far into the life of this system. And we have to remember that this system started during COVID. Everything was prolonged. Their initial sales were hampered. I mean, everyone's were across the industry. Yeah, like I, I, so, I think this is still we're still feeling those impacts for exactly. this. Exactly, like, and like we we were hypothesizing at the time that we will see a more a longer drawn out life cycle so that they can stretch out this console to become as profitable as they wanted it to be across the traditional seven or eight year period, but despite the the COVID speed bumps. But seeing this is sort of the proof in the pudding of that, of the of the mindset, of the thought process, of of what they are trying to do here. And and that that is my only conclusion off the top of my head, looking at this so far, that they are addressing, they are directly addressing that slow start, yep. that that false start of, of the firing line with a late refresh only, a, a late slim edition refresh. Yeah. Yeah. Um absolutely fascinating. Yeah, like super interesting. Um uh just just to just to to wrap up on on Project Siebel, which is the new controller. Um Oh, yes. Uh it says here it's it's called Xbox Wireless 2, which is I I'm assuming <laughs> it's their internal like their like their they're not bluetooth but whatever their connection their their direct connection to the oh, controller. Oh, yeah, their wireless protocol. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um uh direct to cloud and bluetooth 5.2. Um, so I'm assuming you like, I, I don't, I don't know, no, but directed cloud impl- like doesn't imply to me connected to the phone and implies that perhaps this con this controller will connect to your to Wi-Fi. Well, like, like to your Wi-Fi to be a, an, like to be a, a, 
a, a less latency device than the phone would be. Yeah, not it's unlike like creating like a like a um like a mesh network almost of like whether the, your phone is talking to your router to then talk to the data center. Your controller is doing that. They are independently going to that. So you're not introducing latency by talking through the device that you're streaming from. It's it, it's exactly what, it's what Stadia, Stadia did. did. It's 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 bonkers, right? Or, or like like reported to be doing. I don't I don't actually know how well that worked for them. Oh, like I think like the my understanding is that the tech was not the issue with Stadia. Um, no, I know, but I like was that one of the features that that was meant to have, and like the controller had it, but they never enabled it. You know what I mean? Like, no, I th- did, did, did that I think get it, off the ground? I never heard anyone talk about it after the launch. I, th- I think it did. Okay, my, my, that was that was my understanding. Um, like, it's a cool solution. Yeah, make like, the controller I, a bit smarter. It, it's the correct solution, right? It is. It is the solution to 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 this, right? Um, yeah. Seamless parent switch, new mobile app features, CPAD devices and cloud managed devices, accessories, blah blah blah. Um, Rechargeable and swappable battery, which is interesting. Oh, yeah, cool. So, I mean, that's just that's that. Yeah, okay. but 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 I think it's an, I think it's an internal, but swappable battery is 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 what I read from that. I don't How like is it internal and swappable. As in, sorry, as in, like it's it's a it's a battery that comes with the controller. Is is yeah is what yeah. I look at that with. It's I hear that as like. Like maybe they're not using double A. That, that, it's not that's, a double A battery recess anymore. It's just a general batch, a proprietary battery recess. Uh, recyclable materials, repair and disassembly. Um, new modular thumbsticks. Um, build, in, build improvements. It's the thumbsticks drift. Yeah. Um, haptic haptic feedback, which is interesting. This sounds like that they're going to adopt the same protocol as the DualSense, so that um, now like games will at least hopefully be compatible with that feature as well. Haptic is such a general term though, because they've got they've got rumble in the triggers of the current series controller and they call that something like haptic feedback, you know? So like, I don't know if that's just them towing the same line. But I, I feel like if you're going to be including haptic, if you're going to be redesigning and refreshing your new controller, you want one of the features that your competitor has, right? Like you wouldn't, yeah. you wouldn't want to skip out on the- It doesn't on, say on, haptic triggers though. It just says feedback. That just could be anything. Well, feedback, in my mind, anyway, yeah, you 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 are great. It doesn't it doesn't it doesn't specify triggers. Um, I, I would be great. Like I I hope they have it. I hope it, all controllers have that. But, haptics yeah. doubles as speakers as well, um, which which we know that the PlayStation controller can do. Um, yes, it sounds like Rumble. Uh, accelerometer, which has been missing from Xbox controllers until now. Yep. Um, cool. I mean, that, that's good. Quieter buttons and thumbsticks, which is good because they're kind of loud. Um, I've never liked using gyro controls on a PlayStation game, but they're in plenty of Nintendo ones. Yeah. Aside from the very first PS3 Ratchet and Clank, I've never found it good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Lift Awake, which is one of the things that they're talking about, which is good because That's really cool. like every controller should begin to have Lift Awake. My, my 8-bit Doe controller has Lift Awake. Like everybody else, like you need to get your shit together and include that. Um, I want my cats to be able to turn on my console, damn it. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Um, same layout, blah, blah, blah. Um, it looks like it's wearing pants, this new controller. <laughs> yeah, because I, I saw it, right? It's like it's it's half wide along the top and then 
and then black along the bottom. But the the dividing line is not like in line where the grips start or anything. It's just like it's just the line. Yeah, it it looks worst. <laughs> it, yeah. it, it doesn't look as good. <laughs> like I glanced I, it once a week ago, and I still remember how not excited I was about it. Yeah, like I I quite enjoy the look of my current Xbox controller. Like I don't want yeah. one that looks like it's wearing trousers. Yeah, it's a weird move. Oh, you know what? Looking at it, it look they look like longer handles. It does look slightly longer, and it also looks like there's di- there's a different texture. Yeah, like a grippy texture. Yeah. Look, if that is true, longer handles, it's starting to look more like a like a PlayStation controller. Well, the 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 Dual Sense at least the Dual Sense's legs, <laughs> whatever, they feel like they are longer than the than the Dual than the Dual Shock Fours. Oh, the Dual Shocks were really long too. Like the, they were, they the, were longer. They were, but they were, they they kind of looked a bit stubby. Whereas the like, the the PS Five controller looks like it's going to transform. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Looking at this controller as well, I want to say it also looks a little wider. Maybe it looks slightly wider, and the and the and its legs, its stumps look a little longer. I, I do wonder if if part of that is because um, there's there's a lot more network inside of it. Yeah, maybe they're making more room for in- internal. For like, That's a good point. Like radars and stuff like that. Because there's there's a lot of room between the top of the face buttons and the top of the stick and the bumpers. There's much more room than I think there is on the control. I don't have one on me, um, but it looks like it looks a bit different. There's another. There's a second. Oh, that's their screenshot button in the middle there, though. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, fascinating. I, yeah. Controller refresh. I think is a great idea. Uh, yeah. I'll be very interested to see the price. Well, like, like it's they say here, sixty nine ninety five is what they're aiming for, which I think is probably oh, okay. It's probably about ninety to hundred here. That's that's probably more like one ten. Um, Maybe seventy. That's seventy, which is what the, they're charging for their games, right? So, which is what right. we're getting for one twenty five on well, the shelves here. Also, our dollar's getting worse and worse, so it might even get increased. Um, but yeah. by by the time that comes around. But yeah, this is this is this is going to be a bit more than the normal controller. But that's fine. If it's coming with battery, if it's coming with like direct to cloud stuff, mm. it's got all these extra figures, features, gyro, so th- all of that. This leads directly into um, another article from The Verge written by um, Sean Hollister, um, which is Microsoft's next Xbox coming 2028 in Vision's hybrid computing. So this is next gen. <laughs> Fuck. This is details <laughs> on next gen. Which, Holy shit. which we have. This is what I mean. Then you were like, do you really want to talk about this? I'm like, yes, I want to talk about this. Okay, cool. Let's do it. <laughs> so. Holy shit. Uh, How did I not hear about this? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I was like, I was feasting on this. Yeah, of course you were. Um, Microsoft new disclosed that Xbox Series X is far from the only news that just leaked out of the Microsoft case. The documents may also reveal Microsoft's far future plans for 2028, which the company believes it could achieve full convergence of its cloud gaming platform and physical hardware to deliver cloud hybrid games is the thing that they're talking full about. Full convergence of cloud gaming. So there's a quote here. Our vision develop a next generation hybrid gaming, hybrid, hybrid game platform capable of leveraging the combined power of the client and cloud to deliver deeper immersion and entirely new classes of gaming, of game experiences. Now, man, wait till the crackdown three dev team thinks about this. <laughs> I, I, I think about that demo often and I remember them 
I remember the live demo of Cloud them. Cloud-based destruction is like, whoa, what does that mean? Well, like, like I watched a, I watched a tech demo that they put out once, which was them on the fly buying and selling. Or, oh, no, no, it wasn't buying and selling, but it was like renting and, get, and getting rid of um, like Azure servers to host oh. as like as more and more things were blowing up in the server. And I remember looking at that going, this seems really like really poorly optimized. For, like if you are buying and, and getting rid of this this yeah, quickly, yeah, that sounds awful. I'm like, what? Because like, you don't want servers to have downtime, and you also don't want to spike them with with demand over and over and like, over again. I, I remember thinking, like this is this seems really inefficient. <laughs> That's like treating a, a server bank like a, an entire building of servers like a CPU. So it's worth mentioning again. These are internal documents there's a lot of pie in the sky talk um so many asterisks so many yeah um five years away optimize for real-time gameplay and creators we will enable a new levels of performance beyond the capabilities of the client hardware alone key strategic decisions and investments silicon for quarter one um 2023 uh there's a lot of like, it's these are decisions they need to make. So ARM sixty four oh, versus. So they're they're talking about how they develop the literal hardware starting yeah. now. They're talking about going like for CPU. Are they doing balance of big slash little CPU cores? Uh, right, if they're going common a, in the current PC space. Yep. X sixty four versus ARM sixty four. Um, oh my god. Code like for the GPU. Do they co-design with AMD or the or license an AMD IP? For example, right. um, uh, graphics innovation, next gen, DirectX ray tracing, dynamic global elimination, micro polygon rendering optimizations, machine learning based super resolution, extensibility model for faster iteration innovation. Stuff that right. we. So that, that's everything we've been hearing from Unreal Engine 5 and NVIDIA's AI yep. graphics technologies. Yeah. Uh, those are the words just one side from a leaked presentation dubbed the next generation of gaming at Microsoft, which appears to be a May 2022 pitch document entirely around this idea, which is not that like not that far away. Some of this documentation that we've got is from like 2020. This is a oh, bit more okay. recent. Um, this one is from 2022. It's only 15 months old. The company imagined you play these games using the combined power of a sub $99 gadget, possibly a handheld, and it's xCloud platform simultaneously. Um... They have a oh, which is, so that's why they're talking about like hardware and cloud hybrid because they want to push as cheap a console as possible. They want that barrier to entry. Device. The barrier to entry needs to be as low as possible for for you. Um, and it's not, and it's not the like the cheap version. It's not the like like the the premium product. The premium Xbox experience is available only with this hybrid cloud technology. That's what they're pushing for. That's fascinating. The article goes on. Now in these documents, Microsoft's calling the idea, quote, cohesive hybrid compute, a, quote, cloud-to-edge archetype, so uh, architecture across silicon, graphics, and OS-enabled ubiquitous play. Wow. The, the article then goes on to say, if it's happening, it may have already be happening. The team suggested it would need to ink partnerships with AMD for the silicon by the first quarter of this year to lock down the company's Navi 5 graphics. For reference, we're only on Navi 3 right now, as well as potentially oh nabbing the company's Zen, Zen 6 CPU cores. It's also considering ARM. Microsoft suggested it also need an NPU, which is a machine learning AI coprocessor, to provide yep. a wide variety of benefits, including super resolution, latency compensation, frame rate interpolation, and more. 
and See, then that's includes so documents. funny because NVIDIA leads that stuff. NVIDIA is so far ahead with their AI computing and their AI graphics technologies, but none of the... I think the... NVIDIA apparently are terrible to work with. Absolutely yeah. terrible. And they're so greedy. That, th- that doesn't it, surprise me. No, really. and, and, and you can see that in, in just what processes and GPUs, APUs that the, 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 the recent systems have been using. PS4 and Xbox One both use AMD uh, graphics technologies, and I think both of them use AMD graphics technologies for the current generation as well, although I'm not as concrete on that one. Um, it's, they've, yeah. they've always been the play. Even although they're not necessarily the leader, they can make a good budget performance chip it's it's why both xbox and playstation have gone with amd this generation exactly um the only one working with nvidia is nintendo (laughs) are they actually well yeah i mean the the switch is built off the tegra stuff that they made for the shield like 10 years ago isn't it i I don't know (laughs) i'm pretty sure it is like people talk about the new switch they are talking about dlss which isn't a general term that's nvidia's upscaling technology yeah yeah um anyway so the same with RTX. RTX is NVIDIA's ray tracing as opposed to just like... Ray like GTX, which is what it used to be. Yeah. Um, the, doc- the document includes an entire potential roadmap for the technology that would have seen hardware design begin in 2024. The first dev kits arrive 2027. The first hybrid ga- cloud games being produced from 2024 through 2026. So it has... There's, there's, like a, there's, a, there's a big timeline oh. here, which includes a bunch of stuff. Um, so it wouldn't be the launch of hybrid gaming with the launch of these consoles necessarily, like towards the end of the series systems, seeing some of those hybrid games come to life. Yeah, so that's funny here. It's funny here seeing stuff like key milestone is um, there's one Halo here that <laughs> no, 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 like these these are like these are high level milestones, like uh, first first party feedback in 2022 first third-party feedback in 2023 and 2024 platform right. bring up whatever that means first dev kits out 2027 final dev kits out at the end of 2028 um flighting between 2027 2029 third-party disclosures in 2026 about some stuff um hardware design evolution one evolution two like a ton of stuff in here like a lot of acronyms here that i don't know what it means um uh, this is so far in the weeds. Like talking about how they're gonna like source like deals with GPU manufacturers six years ahead of a product launch. Yeah. Like I cannot imagine the fucking headaches these people have trying to mastermind and think this far ahead. Yeah. And like play the chess game with that much money on the line, that far ahead of time, and hoping nothing goes too far awry and that they don't have to pivot too hard by the time they get there. Like yeah, I could not handle a job like that. That's for sure. There's also like there's a lot more in this article about stuff like a one-handed controller or a mobile controller designed for the Xbox. Um, they talk about Keystone more. They talk about Brooklyn more. Um, they apparently the full product vision for Sybil hadn't had has not been currently approved as of May 2022. Um, uh. There's stuff here like talking about the path to leadership in games for them um, includes cloud first being like that they need they need 110 million Xbox Game Pass subscribers to be the leader in the games market 
110 Game Pass, 110 million Game Pass subscribers to be the leader in the market. Something like that. Um, that is more than four times what they currently have. Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. And that's by financial year 20, 2030. So that that's them making, like, selling, like, PS4 three ps4 numbers of game pass subscription of, of of a subscription that is correct god almighty that is that is that is one third of the united states of america oh thank god their market is bigger than that <laughs> um, jesus that is one hell of a target. Yeah, like and like that. Th- th- this th- is why Microsoft is spending seventy billion dollars on Activision. It's it's a twenty thirty target, <laughs> right? Um, this is after the Gen eight. Sorry, after the the tenth generation of console launches. Um, after their mid console refresh, obviously, like it's it yeah, that's yeah. this big graph. Do they say anything about anything more about their next gen console? I don't think so. So all we've heard from this these next gen plans is 2028, trying to work out the silicon and all of that, and that they are focusing on the premium experience being this $99 theoretical hybrid console experience. This this is the this is the this is like the Avengers Endgame of all of the things that they've been trying to build towards. They've been building this since Phil took over back in like 2014. Well, since before, right? Xbox was all about trying I, to go I, digital faster. I, I guess, right? Yeah, but like, but this is like, this has been they, like a they're, like they're doing a, it right now. But well, yeah, like they've actually consolidated everything to build to this one device, right? Yeah. Um, this and is not sacrifice the gaming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Um. Uh. There's God there, Almighty. I know. I know. Um. There was more stuff than this too, though, wasn't there? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we're, this is big, we're not done. We're not done. Um, oh, we're gonna need to go to the break soon. I know. Yeah, yeah, we might. Um, I'm I'm gonna quickly run through some Game Pass numbers because we spoke about it. Um, yes, some, please. Some stuff that that's interesting. A lot of this stuff is from um, Ethan Gatch of Kotaku put out a, a really great thread, like sort of about stuff that he found. Um, he starts it off with one thing to note is all the strategy documents, emails, pitch decks at the end of the day, are created not by stone-cold capitalist machines, but people. The top-secret Xbox PowerPoints are full of confusing slides and meaningless slogans, just like yours. Um, like So, like, generic picture of a road, which says, if you want to go fast, right. go alone. If you want to go far, go together. African problem. Right. Like, they include yeah, that like, shit, that everybody's terrible nonsense. When everyone goes to the next slide and the presenter knows it's coming and everyone, like, quietly laughs in the room yeah. and like, ooh, that played. Okay, let's yeah. keep going. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the kind of thing that when you hit next slide, before you read out the 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 the, the silly quote you've put on it, you give a kind of a, a wry smile. Yeah, um, yeah. So and as as my dad always said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then That's and then a really s- fun clarification from Ethan there. That's good. And some variation of okay, but let's get serious, folks. Like, <laughs> you know, there's something in there. Um, the top Game Pass games by hours played from June 2019 to June 2020. Okay, so this is one year of Game Pass, June 19 to June 2020. Okay. So this includes onset of COVID. Yes this this would have been this would have been the first six months of COVID realistically the first eight months of COVID. Uh, well, COVID only really happened at the start of twenty twenty. Yeah, but it was around in other countries before Australia. It was December. It's like yeah, like 
people traced it back to contracting in December. Okay. So like, right. yeah. Um, Grand Theft Auto Five is number one. This is this is not really a surprise. Um, no. However, subscribers played Grand Theft Auto Five on average of twelve hours, which is quite a lot. <laughs> now, average includes that means, everybody. That's the average. Yeah. I mean, but when that's why when you when you look at averages of things being played heaps, right? When you look at like attach rate for consoles, and people say a good attach rate is like one point five. Could you imagine someone who has a console and has one and a half games, and that's and that scene is good? Like, could, for the average to be twelve hours. That means there are so many people balancing out the millions of people who are only paying one or two hours a day or week. So many people who are playing 12, 15, 18 hours a day. That is no, no, this is not, fucked this, up. This is not hours a day. This is just hours. But Hours of how much? Hours a year? This is hours per subscriber. Across the hundred, across the 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 whatever it would have been at that point, maybe like twenty million people. The no, but it has to be over a time span. You can't just say hours. Is it over the the twelve month period for the the twenty nineteen to twenty twenty yeah. June? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. I I, I leap. Yeah, no, 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 Still, no, no. Twelve this is, hours is huge. Twelve hours, two hours is huge. This is like a like, and and that's inc- that includes people who have not played it. Right. Yeah, who like so, install it. <laughs> or like or didn't even install it. This this is this is per subscriber. Oh yeah, this is this is across whatever like maybe they had maybe twenty million people at that point. I'm not too sure. I don't I don't know the numbers. Yeah. But a couple of years ago, maybe if it was twenty, maybe it was eighteen million, whatever. The average but the total amount of game time divided by the total number of game pass users, right? Yes. 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 Fuck, that's huge. Yeah, twelve point six for Grand Theft Auto Five, twelve point one for um Oh, sorry. This is not. Wait, what? That doesn't make sense. How can how can NBA be higher? Um, uh, no, that two K. That's that's not out of the question. Okay, seventeen hours. Yeah, maybe. All right. Like it. It like NBA. It it sells every year, millions. I guess every year. NBA two K twenty made seventeen point six hours. Gears five did thirteen point nine hours. Oh good on it. Forza Horizon four did thirteen point seven hours. Banger. Yeah. Um and Arc Survival Evolved did fourteen point five hours as well. Whoa. That's huge. Yeah. Uh monthly average engaged subscribers in the millions for GTA five was ten. That's a wow. lot. That's that like, was when they subscri- That was when they did not have twenty five million subscribers for Game Pass. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah, that's um, like probably what two thirds of all subscribers totally. installing and playing GTA. The most played games in the same time frame. Uh, this is uh, not Game Pass. This is just across Xbox. Just I Xbox. Yeah. Fortnite. Is, would that include Windows? Like Windows Xbox? Uh, I don't know. I, I don't believe so because this this will be through the Xbox Store. Um, uh, Fortnite is number one on Xbox. This is not surprising. No, especially not three years ago. What is incredible to see is that this is uh, in the graph. This is in the chart of franchises, not in the gra- not in the not in the chart of games oh. specifically. So Fortnite is dominating all of Call of Duty games being played. Across the entire year, the and total all NBN games and all FIFA games. The total average, the total hours played for 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 Call of Duty was nine point nine billion, 
9.9 billion across all Call of Duty games for a 12 month period. Fortnite got 10.9 billion. One game. One game. Now that was that this this was the time June 2019 like this was I would consider that about the start of the peak of Fortnite. Um cuz that one, was one of its one of its biggest peaks if not its Exactly cuz I was was I think that was the year that they launched it on Switch and that was I think one of its at its time like the start of its biggest swell. Yeah, its biggest swell came around when it was on phones, but I think like also around the same time there was the Travis Scott concert there was ninja playing with yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. right like it was all of that it was that whole thing um monthly average users monthly average users in the millions for Fortnite is 12.8 million um with 11.4 million for call of duty the franchise again all call of duty games yeah Yeah. um the average annual playtime in hours number one is destiny (laughs) Wow, the total average, hours played over the year. Yeah, the average annual playtime hours. So that would be the people who are playing it, they are playing it the most, is Destiny. Fortnite sits at about 12 point, so 2.12 hours. Right. The average for Destiny is 420. Oh my God. People who play Destiny fucking play Destiny. Wow, well, I mean, that, I mean, ain't that the truth? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, continuing on, um, after Elden Ring exploded, Phil Spencer told Sarah Bond to try and get Dark Souls trilogy onto Game Pass. Doesn't appear to have succeeded. There's some emails here saying, um, uh, another option with, this is an email from Phil, um, another option with Hit Factor around Elden Ring is to try and get all of the Dark Souls games uh, and make a push with From and an Elden Ring upsell from Phil. Um, it's just interesting to get those emails yeah. just actually happening. Um, it is, that is interesting, especially as it didn't actually happen. Yeah. How much does it cost to get a game onto Xbox Game Pass? Here's Microsoft's estimated third-party fees. Hang on. I might hold you here. Jeremy, this sounds like an excellent time to take a break before we dive right into this. I want to keep going. Yeah, right. Yeah, good call. I like, I know, like me too. I really want to keep going, but we need a break. And I reckon the audience might too. Okay, so let's do it. Everyone, we're going to pause. We're going to take a breather. We do have a what we've been playing section, but we'll see how much we get of that. (laughs) That might be truncated. Welcome back to the Minimap Cast. We were just talking about Oz Post. <laughs> and now we're back to talk more about Xbox. Yeah. If you're listening to the uh, edited version of the show, that's going to be like one second for you, but it's been like half an hour. And so I need to. So we were just about to talk about. Yeah, so we we're going to talk about Xbox. how much it costs to get a game onto Xbox Game Pass. Um, we, are, we are continuing to read through the work from people from The Verge and Ethan Gatch from Kotaku. Um, so is this a flat rate? Like, is this like something that is, or is this an estimate this, or generalized? This is an estimate. This okay. is, this is Microsoft's estimated third party fees. Cause I'm sure they wouldn't charge the same thing. They charge the Yakuza developers as they would the, uh, cocoon developers, you know, it has examples. Great. Um, it's not. The, the the image that is shared, um, I'm 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 not certain what number one and number two are, but there's there's a couple of other um, examples below number one and number two. They're cut off at the top for some reason. Uh, for 
Grand Theft Auto Five, yeah, um, which says he is released. Um, yep, <laughs> it, it, it says in the document because there's a bunch of unreleased games and there's also released games. Um, uh, for example, like this document was written prior to um, like Mortal Combat, uh, the yeah, the new Mortal Combat, um, Jedi Survivor, like Suicide Squad. Like it's th- this document was written prior to those games. Um, even some of them even being announced, for example. Um, it would cost 12 to $15 million a month to put Grand Theft Auto V on Xbox Game Pass. That is a lot of money, but for GTA V, that's fucking chump change. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A month, they make, they make more than that in like six hours. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe as much as that in six hours. For Lego Star Wars, thirty-five million a month. No, just flat. Or, okay. or for the duration of the contract, I assume. Yeah, so twelve to eighteen months or something. So consider that's a lot. Well, but they can, have to pay Xbox. I I I believe it's the other way around. The Xbox is. Oh, of course it's the other way around. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 because they're not making sales. No. Right, so this is how much Xbox is buying these, buying the rights to distribute these on the platform for. Okay, yeah, good, okay, good. I don't think, if, if if you're an indie dev out there and Microsoft are charging you to put your game on Xbox Game Pass, you should talk to a lawyer. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't think that's happening. I no, think no. I, I'm, I'm just getting the picture straight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Xbox were ple- Xbox were estimating that to put Grand Theft Auto Five on Xbox Game Pass, it would cost them twelve to fifteen dollars a month. So twelve Goodness to fifteen me. million dollars a month. Goodness. Keep in mind as well that th- that is that is a, an interesting one because they also will make money based off the microtransactions that go on inside of a game like Grand Theft Auto V, which is a tremendous amount of money. So to them, they're looking at that going, it'll cost us this much per month, but we would probably make that back in shark cards, the cut that we take on the the microtransactions, right? And also being the cheapest way to get into the full version of GTA. And, And enough people will come in to it to play GTA, take two are happy taking 15 million dollars a month from us just to for more people to play their game right like you yeah. know it's all that stuff right um so grand theft auto 5 12 to 15 million dollars a month lego star wars 35 million dollars flat yeah mortal Kombat, 250 million dollars for the new one. Oh my god for one it says mortal Kombat next is what it's written here as um right. prior to it being it. announced um no that came out in 2020 Mortal Kombat 1. No, uh, 11. They're talking about Mortal Kombat 1 here. Okay. Um, it says here the release date is April 2023, um, which would have been... Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 It's definitely Mortal Kombat 1. Yeah. $250 million. Yep. Fucking yep. hell. It says expected partner ask $250 million, hours $100 million. I'm not. I'm not entirely certain what that means. Is that like they're going to come back with a counter offer of one hundred million? No, 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 no. I believe it's a hundred million hours, probably total played, is is what they're expecting. Oh, um, hours, right? Yeah. Oh, uh, when you said expected ask, 
and then I heard you say ours. I was like, our ask. Oh, no, 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 no. Like ours with a H. <laughs> right. Ours, not ours. I wanted salsa, not salsa. It, it, yeah, it's my fucking accent. Um, uh, they they have also wildcard considerations here as well. So for for um, Grand Theft Auto, it says, will they do a PC in time? Will they do longer than a three three to four month term? Have to move really fast on this one. Is what they say regarding Grand Theft Auto Five. Um, uh, for Mortal Kombat, they really, you have to move really fast on this. Then eight or nine year old game. Yeah. Um, for for Mortal Kombat, they specifically mentioned that there's a change of guard of Discovery, which would have been the Discovery HBO. Time Warner, yeah. that entire mess, right? Um, they also call it a crown jewel of a game. Um, mm-hmm. I'm assuming that that is in regards to the the publishers. Mm. Jedi Survivor expected partner ask is three hundred million dollars. <sighs> so that's why EA is keeping a thing on there. They're making hundreds of millions just from. I mean, I'm scrolling through now to try and find stuff, and you know, it's they've got so much here: Anthem and all the battlefields. And, yeah, yeah. And it, it it says it also says here, Crown Jewel. They won't do it, is what they say here. Crown Jewel. They won't do it. Yeah. Well, they won't do. Um, but it's the ask. Yes. Fascinating. Um, Gotham Knights. They expected it to be fifty million. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Good deal. <laughs> This is interesting. Warner Brothers yeah. Suicide no, Squad. No GTA on PC Game Pass right now. No, no. Warner Brothers Suicide Squad. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, Wild Cards, already a partnership with another competitor, most likely can't offer us rights-wise. They said it would yeah. be multiple B for B price. Change of guard or discovery makes sell-in motion new. Is that planning on coming to PlayStation's Plus 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 on day one? No, but they remember they had a PlayStation State of Play, so they at least have a marketing deal. Maybe, yeah. Um, yeah, whether it, yeah, I like, I think it, it's just that. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe some like PS Plus skins or something. Uh, there's a few more like email things here. Um, one uh, from Sarah Bond um, to like a lot of heads like Matt Booty and Phil Spencer and stuff, saying, um, th- this was this was ta- them talking about having an emergency meeting. Um, to figure out how to fill in the gaps in its release schedule after realizing Starfield would not make holiday 2022. Um, uh, for quarter two, there's a few impactful um, D&Ds. The best option would be to attempt to go for high-performing short window titles plus like uh, to plus up the holiday period. This would include Lego Star Wars, uh, Dying Light 2, all across PC and console. Additionally, we could potentially try for a Paradox slash City Skyline, City Skylines 2 closed beta release. Um, in addition to these options, we're also aiming to launch our Riot partnership during this window, which will be helpful to us on PC. Um, I'm not 100% certain what that is. Um, they, they announced that ages ago now. It, it, they, yeah, it's just a Riot pa- partnership and that where a lot of their games are meant to be playable on cloud. Right, like, okay. Uh, League of Legends isn't on the Game Pass app, but you can you can play a, a number of their their games through the cloud. I'll, I'll have a, another squeeze of the catalog here. Like the Legends of Terror or something like that. Uh, the highest, prob- highest probability slash cost-effective path is with Warner Brothers Gotham Knights and Ubisoft's AC Rift. Assassin's Creed Rift. I'm not sure what that is. Um, perhaps that's Mirage. Maybe that was an internal name for Mirage. Considering it's they're talking about 
games from this year or or next year. Um, yeah. Or, Let or, me have or, a look or, here. Or last year, even. I'm, I'm not too sure. Game ran 30th of August, 2022. Yeah, that's, so the official name as Rift is a code name is Assassin's Creed Mirage. Yes. Um, based on our assessment, acquisition of other Crown Jewels slash, uh, like, for example... Crown Jewel as a, like, I know. As a, like a codified corporate term is so funny. Yeah. Um, for that it, means something to them. That means is worth X of, or will return X of number of users per whatever, like... Yeah, they say here Jedi Fallen Order two, which doesn't have a name in this email, which is which Jedi Survivor would not be yeah. a good ROI for them, which oh. I find interesting. Uh, that's probably based on a lot of EA Play return and whatever deal they've struck with EA, because um, EA has given them so much of EA Play straight to them, yeah. Um, that I imagine they have a bespoke deal with EA just as a whole. This is a uh, yeah, like Legends of Ruterra is is here. Right. On, on on the service. I imagine things like they're 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 coming out with many like legends games, like lots of small stories based on um individual characters. Right. Um this is one of the most interesting things that I've seen in this entire league. So this is so so Ethan has said here Phil Spencer lays out how third party publishers failed to adapt to digital storefronts and now subscription services are mm. um and now subscription services are now trying to leverage giant risky investments in a two hundred to three hundred dollar million dollar blockbuster to survive. Now this is wow. this is what we've been talking about for a long time when we talk about the AAA games industry is not feasible. Like we and we yeah. know this over and over again that they keep pumping out these gigantic budget overblown games in terms trying of trying to get like the return on investment that GTA got, right? Which but which they don't get. They simply do no, not get no one that. gets. Yeah. Um so this this is like this like this there's quite a quite a meaty chunk here, but I think it's all quite interesting. Um, this is from Phil Spencer. The creation of digital storefronts like Steam, Xbox Store, and PlayStation Store eventually democratize access to, for creators, breaking physical retailers' lock on game distribution. AAA publishers were slow to react to this disruption. The AAA yep. publishers did not find a way to leverage the moat that physical retail created in the digital realm in a way that had them continue their dominance of the game marketplace. They have not found a way to effectively cross-promote. They have not found a way to build a publisher brands that drive consumer affinity the way Disney has in video. They did, not, they did not create a social platform that would allow them to reach beyond their aggregate IP MAU, which I'm assuming is like what their expectations are. Yeah. Without a lock on physical distribution, the role of the AAA publisher has changed and become less important in today's gaming industry. Over the past five to seven years, the AAA publishers have tried to use production scale as their new moat. Very few companies can afford to spend the $200 million an Activision or Take-Two spend to put a title like Call of Duty or Red Dead Redemption on the shelf. These AAA publishers have mostly used this production scale to keep their top franchises in the top selling games each year. The issues these publishers have run into is the same production scale cost at the same production scale cost approach hurts their ability to create new IP. The hurdle rate on new yeah. IP at these high production levels have led to a risk aversion by big publishers on new IP. You've seen a rise in AAA publishers. Oh, this, is, this is outrageously concise. Right. For, this for how is, complex this is. Right. You've seen a rise. Uh, you've seen a rise in AAA publishers using rented IP to try and offset the risk. Star Wars with EA, Spider-Man with Sony, Avatar with Ubisoft. The same dynamic has obviously played out in Hollywood as well, with Netflix creating more new IP than any of the movie studios. 
Specifically, the AAA public game publishers starting from a position of strength driven from physical retail have failed to create any, pla- any real platform af- uh, effect for themselves. They effectively continue to build their scale through aggregated per-game P&Ls, hoping to maximize each new release of their existing IP. The final part of this is, in the new world where AAA publishers don't have real distribution leverage with customers, they don't have production efficiencies, and their new IP hit rate is not disproportionately higher than the industry average we see that the top franchises today were mostly not created by AAA game publishers. Games like Fortnite, Roblox, Minecraft, Candy Crush, Clash Royale, Dota 2, etc. were all created by independent studios with full access to distribution. Overall, this IMO is a good thing for the industry but does put AAA publishers in a precarious spot moving forward. AAA publishers are milking their top franchises but struggling to refill their portfolio of hit franchises. Most AAA publishers are riding the success of franchises created 10 plus years ago. God. Now I'm just going to throw it. Mean, it's not wrong, but like this is it's f- so so spot on when you think about a company like EA. Yep. Um Ubisoft. Ubisoft as well. They have had Sony s- to a degree. Sony to an agree to a degree and specific- specifically with the like a uh, renting IP. Um but yeah. also with It's it's tricky because they they had a spate of new stuff on PS4 like Horizon, Ghost of Tsushima, um, Ghost of Tsushima, Death Stranding. But, you know, Death Stranding is kind of writing, writing Metal Gear's coattails. But also, like, like we, we forget the ones like Days Gone, which is the failure yeah. of that, right? That like, like they, like, or Concrete Genie. Yeah, they need these games to hit this $200 million mark. This, this, yeah. this thing where they're spending $100 million of it just on marketing material. They need it to hit and they need it to return big. And when Days Gone comes around... It's not that Days Gone didn't break okay. even in its production. It's, yeah, it's an okay is a failure in the eyes of Sony who need blockbuster hits, right? Yeah. Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania making $600 million at the box office is a failure to Marvel when they see $2 billion returns on films. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, the, same, it's the same equation. Yeah. Um, it's all relative. Yeah. Yeah. Really fascinating. It's, it's fascinating hearing that as the perspective, because there's that is that is entirely an external analysis. Yeah, and it says nothing. Yeah, like, about the internal dynamic of how of their budgets. Yeah, their they don't talk practices. about Xbox or Microsoft at all in that entire. No, in that entire they don't talk thing. about the reception for Halo. They don't talk about the reception for Gears. They don't talk about the reception for Age of Empires and and, and Forza and and. And it's because they're, they're playing that different game. They don't need to hit that mark, right? They're, like their KPIs are not inherently based upon we need to get an ROI on this of $200 million for sales. Well, yes and no. But How like, much do you think they still, spent on Halo though? You know? well, well, that's like, the thing. Those conversations are still happening. They are happening, but, they're, but they're, I think they're framed differently, right? They're framing Halo might have been an initial success, a part success to get people onto Game Pass at that time. The failure of Halo was the legs, was that they wanted to build a Halo that would get people staying on Game Pass for yes. for for 12 months. As 20, long as possible. Yeah. <laughs> Although, but Halo is its own thing anyway, because it's, it's Halo's... Online was free. Yeah, I know. It's its own... Halo is its own weird thing. I think, I think unfortunately, analyzing Halo in this doesn't work. Um... But when you analyze something it is like still, it is still interesting though to think about how they are justifying yeah. 
and how much they're spending. We don't know how much they're spending. We should consider perhaps maybe like the Red Redfall and Starfield when yes. when, when considering those. Um, the marketing for Starfield especially and, and how long it was in development for. Yes, exactly. Microsoft planned a $1.5 billion hardware subsidiary for Xbox Series SX sales in their first year. I don't know what that means. So that's how much money they were leaning against for Microsoft to say like, like uh, well, uh, uh, m- my understanding of that means that it's like, when you hit that is when you start to like, like that, that, that was their budget for the entire thing. Okay. Which is, which is how much? $1.5 billion hardware subsidiary. Just, just for the S just no X and S. Oh, okay. Um, which is, that's a tremendous amount of money. God, isn't it just one? I don't think that they made back. (laughs) Uh, I don't know about that. For hardware sales, I don't think so. I don't know about that. It's a lot of money. That is a lot of money. In in one year? Oh, in one year? Yeah, yeah. Financial year 2021. No, no, no. Yeah, financial year 2021. I don't even know how to figure that out. I don't even... I'm opening up my calculator. Like, I'm going to figure that out. Close the app. Like, you're an accountant. (laughs) I'm Uh, like, all right, 1.5 billion divided by... uh, so there's 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 two more things that I want to hit at before we wrap this whole thing up because it's yep, it's yep, it's, yep. it's taken a lot of a lot here. Um, keep in mind we're not even like <laughs> there's even more than what we're saying. This is the highlights. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, this is another article from The Verge written by Jay Peters, um, titled "Microsoft Document Leaked New Bethesda Games, Including an Oblivion Remaster." Yeah, um, that's right. So before it was the article reads before it was acquired by Microsoft, Zenimax Media, the parent company of studios like Bethesda Game Studios and, and id Software, was working on remasters of the Elder Scrolls for Oblivion, Fallout Three, and a new entry into the Doom franchise, according to documents revealed as part of the trial. The games were initially included in a July 2020 Microsoft presentation about the then potential Zenimax acquisition. Oh, as part of like, here's why you want to buy us. We're working yes. on these things. Yeah. Unannounced games in the presentation include the Oblivion remaster, as originally set for fiscal year 2022. What the fuck is that? Well, so, like, I think some of these, like, there's a lot of remasters here, which leads back into Phil's thing about before, right? Them leaning on old properties. Leaning them, on IP. Them doing yeah. remasters. A thing that I think he doesn't want to do realistically immediately. He wants to give the studios freedom to go all in on an IP like Starfield and put those resources instead of into something like Oblivion, put it all into Starfield. Yeah. Yeah. Potentially. This is why we didn't get the Oblivion remastered, Fallout 3 remastered, Dishonored 3, Ghostwire Tokyo sequel. I mean, I can tell you why we didn't get that. Sure. Doom Year Zero and DLC, and a second set of DLC. Um, but then they also talk to the the, the Indiana Jones game, which is, yep. is which we know is coming. Um, Again, an established IP. Another thing here called Project Kestrel, which we don't know what that is. Another one here called Project Platinum, and a vaguely named licensed IP game. <laughs> vaguely named licensed IP game. That's funny. Yeah. Um, Project Kestrel was originally due prior to the acquisition. Financial year 2023, so this year. Same with Project (laughs) Platinum. I was like, oh, Jeremy, it's got a site. 
Project Kestrel aims to build a drone to test humanitarian aid potential in East Africa. Oh, that's, not that, 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 that's good. That's good. Um, there's a, like this is 2020 documents as well. So like this is pre everybody realizing what COVID was going to do to the industry because it says here Doom Eternal and DLC was due 2020. Death Loop was due 2020. Um, was it? Redfall and Starfield were both due 2021. <laughs> um, Indiana Jones 2022. Doom Year Zero 2023. Kestrel 2023. Wow. Project Platinum 2023. 20- Definitely pre-COVID. You're right. Look, good to see that all of those are pushed back. Elder Scrolls right, 6 2024. Years. Yeah, all right. All right. Fallout 3 <laughs> Remastered 2024. Dishonored 3 2024. Fallout 4 Remastered. No, 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 three. No, no, three, 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 three. three. Fallout okay, 3 okay. Remastered 2024. Um, clearly, clearly didn't happen. Yeah. Fascinating. Finally. Final article that I'm going to reference here. I'm going to cite here. Again, from J. Peters of The Verge. Microsoft's Phil Spencer says acquiring Nintendo would be a career moment. Career moment is a quote from Phil Spencer. What do you think he means when he says that? Means like Phil Spencer, the man who acquired Nintendo, steps down at like like that kind of like yeah, yeah. like career defining yeah okay. yeah like like a Microsoft like legend in the likes of Steve Ballmer and and stuff right like someone that like that like righted a ship that's a weird thing to describe it as is like a as, as in like a corporate document though it's like well, the, oh this would be a great thing for me th- 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 this was in this was in an email um oh, okay um it says here <laughs> this would be great yeah let's do it um let's put my name on the front Bill uh, Spencer's Nintendo. The emails were were revealed as part of a, a tranche of leaked documents from the trial. Um, one executive, uh, Takeshi Numoto, asked Spencer and Chris uh, Capoesola in an email titled "Random Thought" about why Microsoft isn't finding acquisition targets like Nintendo a more attractive way to include to, uh, a quote more attractive way to quote increase our customer exposure and relevance. At the time, Microsoft was in discussions to acquire TikTok and Numoto didn't feel it was the best match. Is this 2020 before Trump, like, banned it? This was in the middle of 2020, or, yeah, I believe middle of 2020. Yeah. Um, from Phil Spencer to Chris and Takeshi. Takeshi, I totally agree that Nintendo is the prime asset for us in gaming, and today gaming is our most likely path to consumer relevance. I've had numerous conversations with the LT of Nintendo about tighter collaboration and feel like... LT. Uh, LT, I'm not too sure, um, uh, about tighter collaboration and feel like if any US company would ever have a chance with Nintendo, we are probably in the best position. The unfortunate or fortunate for Nintendo situation is that Nintendo is sitting on a big pile of cash and they have a BOD that is until recently not pushed for further increase in market growth or stock appreciation. Uh, board of Directors. Um, board of Directors, thank you. I was like, body of... Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I say until recently as our former Microsoft board of director member value value act has been heavily acquiring shares of Nintendo links to Reuters article. And I've kept in touch with Mason Morfitt as he's been acquiring. It's likely we, he will be pushing for more from Nintendo stock, which could create opportunities for us without that catalyst. I don't see an angle to a near term mutual agreeable merger of Nintendo and Microsoft 
I don't think a hostile action would be a very good move, so we are playing the long game. But our board of directors have seen the full write-up on Nintendo and Valve, and they are fully supportive on either if an opportunity arises, as am I. Uh, LT is presumably shorthand for leadership team. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. That that would shake the industry to its core. It, it would shake if entertainment. Xbox bought Nintendo. Yeah. That, that, would, that would upend the industry. Yeah. Yeah. It would, all of a sudden, Microsoft would dwarf Sony overnight. Yeah. Like X, Xbox joining hands with Nintendo, it would, it would put an immense amount of pressure on Sony, like a potentially like dangerous amount of pressure for their brand. And like, and he was on right at that point. Like, he is like drilled into like we're gonna make some big moves. A month after this email, they they announced uh, intention of inquiring Zenimax Bethesda. Right. So, so this is this is pre ActiBlizz. Yeah. This was pre. So this, this is years ago. This is like three or four years ago. Twenty twenty. I just can't imagine a world where that happens not but, certainly not anymore the, nintendo no, has changed anymore. so much in the past two years just based on the games of the games have put out their their upcoming hardware and their movie deals their movie yes. deals i think at this point has ripped away any chance of this happening almost single-handedly Nintendo's I, I comfy, right? Like they 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 are happy where they are. They are happy being who they are. And and Phil says that he says they are sitting on a big pile of cash, which has yeah, never like been have more no true. Reason to to take an acquisition. They're not. They don't need to be bailed out of anything. They they generate millions of dollars. They have one of the most successful consoles of all time. They've got incredible brand recognition. They're seen as independent and as authentically themselves, which is quite something for a. a multi-billion dollar organization like and yeah a direct competitor to sony who is a japanese company that's true while also having such a varied portfolio that does not directly compete with xbox's portfolio like it would be such a complementary acquisition to pair to like to have under their wing alongside Bethesda and Halo and Gears have Mario and Kirby and Zelda. What a pairing! It, it, it's 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 a it's a heady combination, and it means Game Pass on the Switch. It means Mario via the cloud. It means yep. it means Zelda in 4K on Xbox Series X, maybe. Well, probably not. They'd probably they, they, they would, they would still they operate on Xbox. Yeah, like they, they would still operate the way they do. Um, yeah. Th- th- there was another. There was another thing which I haven't grabbed, but there was a, a thing about um, Phil Spencer basically talking about how he believes that the future of Nintendo is off their own hardware. Um, I'm not sure if that is a sentiment he still feels. I know that the future of Nintendo is off their own hardware, like Sega. I don't think that's I, true. I don't. I don't see that right I, now. I, I don't. See, I don't agree with that. No, especially like the Switch is doing so well. The problem is, the Wii was doing so well, and then the Wii U is such a catastrophic failure. Yeah. 
so like they like Nintendo is playing a riskier game. They have to keep generating excellent. Like they've got they've they've established the IPs and they know how to put the quality in, except for with Pokemon, yeah. to make sure that those IPs like sustain and and continue to break boundaries and define genres and redefine genres. Yeah. But remaking a hit console every time that's unique and different and like has a has something that's fun and cool that isn't just like oh it runs everything you know now but at fourteen forty p then they're never interested in just a spec bump like what we've gotten with PlayStation and Xbox for the last few years they want something that will wow people in its form factor in its in its design in its capacity and it's in the way it works in the way it makes you think about games differently you know they want to make you imagine things which is such actually just such a high bar to clear over and over and over again it's no wonder the way you failed and think of the potential if they did go along with this this merger acquisition think of the potential of just toys merchandising all that stuff being able to then license out the ip that nintendo owns to other film studios um TV animation. You think, you think this acquisition allows more of that to happen? Because they are doing that. Uh, no, but like, but Microsoft gets a piece of that pie. Is what I'm saying. Oh, I see. They can right, look at yeah. this saying like this is just a license to print the most amount of money. They would get a slice of the Pokemon pie. Yep. The Pokemon. The most successful, <laughs> the most singularly successful brand in the world. Yeah. Like, yep. Fucking hell! And to just casually throw in Valve in there as well like literally just in parentheses just two words and valve and and to so nonchalantly that like i have approval from my from the people who i need approval from to make this the moment the opportunity arrives like he's got like he's got a loaded gun ready yeah yeah exactly like meanwhile he's having dinner with everyone but he's sitting on that loaded gun he has pre-approval to make the largest deal in uh, entertainment since Disney buying Fox. Yeah. Well, I'm, they're doing that with Active Blizz is the thing. I think Disney Fox... Wasn't, was... wasn't Fox, wasn't that like 50 billion? Uh, I think I was... I want to say that was more. 70 billion. Oh, okay. Yep. They're on par then with the Fox deal. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but just to have a loaded gun to do that, you're right. It's not. It's not like, yeah. It's like it's like getting ready for the idea of maybe if this happens, we need to be ready for it. Yeah. Because when they're talking about Valve, they're not like, oh, we want to own Half Life, Alex, and <laughs> no, no, it's they want to buy Steam. Say, Steam. Yeah. They want to purchase Steam. They want to fold Steam into the Xbox ecosystem fully, and also take, as you said, a slice of every single one of those transactions that runs through Steam, which would earn them overnight millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars, billions. Depending on the slice, billions and billions of dollars. Billions. That's a um, Carl Sagan impression there for you. Thank you. Um, yeah, nuts. <laughs> Bonkers. Jeremy, when when you said last night, so we're doing the Xbox stuff, right? And I was like, huh? Um, you said it's maybe one of the biggest leaks in the industry, in the industry's history. Uh. And I was like, is it really going through this today? Yes, definitely. <laughs> it really, 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 really is. Yeah. But the question came to mind of like, 
what are some of the other biggest leaks that the industry has seen? Yeah. And so I just want to, whether like, I think this sits on top, but let's, let's go over a few of them. I gathered a few before we started the show and let's just, let's just compare them quickly, briefly. And then, and then we'll move on to a, a quick dose of what we've been playing. Yeah. Um, so the first one came to mind. We spoke about this probably this time last year, uh, November, 2020 was when it was updated posted September 2020 September 22 2022 this post this um story so far uh article was posted on IGN by Matt Kim about the Grand Theft Auto 6 leaks everything that's happened so far this was and that was Sunday September 18th they said yeah um this was that this was the start of a string of of uh leaks where Uber was hacked and all that stuff and seemingly through the same method that this person but basically yeah. this person found the the Rockstar Slack channel, got in, downloaded a bunch of assets, and then released all of them. Well, it was it was that, but also got into like their internal documentation systems and that's right. And stuff. Like they got into Confluence, which is yeah, like a And then where were they, where were they posting it? That uh on fan forum GTA forums. Yeah. And you said um I remember you saying when you when you were t- talking about this last year when we did the topic on it that they were taking requests. They were like, What do you they want were. to see? Someone would ask. And they would and just they go would, and get they it. Would find it and post it. It was I I it was the most what one one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Yeah. The 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 audacity to say what do you want to see about yeah. Grand Theft Auto Six. Now, not only is this huge because it's the next GTA after the absolutely unprecedented success of GTA Five, but also the sheer transparency and how early we were seeing, like how unrefined the footage was for footage of what will be one of the most AAA, big-budget, gargantuan games you've ever seen in your fucking life yep. is truly, truly never never seen before. Um, not before or since. It, it is absolutely fascinating. Like, I, don't, I don't know a game that would be able to be leaked that would top this. I, I can't actually conceptualize a game that would be bigger than this. No, I mean, like you said, like, it's GTA. <laughs> it's GTA V. Yeah. Or GTA Six. It's it's a sequel to GTA. Like GTA is the game that like is at the top of the NPD charts or whatever they're called now. Every month, even when even like months and years after any re-release or the initial release, it's been out for it's been out for ten years this month. Yeah, <laughs> like probably this week. That's funny. And we're still talking about it, and the sequel still hasn't arrived. And we saw uh, like such it was early it was footage. it was last week, but yeah, it was the seventeenth, yeah, 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 the seventeenth yeah. of of September. So anyway, this was this was a huge, huge leak. Uh, this is a smaller one, I would say, but was still important again for that sort of transparency. Recently, when the FTC versus Microsoft hearing was going on in regards to the Microsoft Activision Blizzard acquisition, uh, there were court documents supplied by Sony from Jim Ryan. Uh, and include details on margins. It was supposed to be redacted for some of their internal budgets and properties. Uh, it was redacted with uh, an ink that was seen through whatever material scanned it. A, a, a sharpie, like you. you a sharpie. You, the sharpie. You, you, well, you famously do not redact things with a sharpie. It is not made for redacting. Well, they they did that, and uh, so <laughs> and then it was published online, and then everyone saw it. I'm reading from the Verge article. This is from Tom Warren and Sean Hollister. Sony's confidential PlayStation secrets just spilled because of Sharpie. This was June this year. 
uh, reading from the middle of the document, from the document, the court has scrambled to remove the document, but the damage is done. Reporters and Sony's competition have already downloaded all the documents while they are in the public domain. Yeah. Just like, scoop! Yeah. <laughs> Among other things, the document shows that Horizon Forbidden West apparently cost $212 million over five years with 300 employees, and The Last of Us Part Two cost $220 million with around 200 employees. Those are the, the sort of, the, again, that transparency is sort of unprecedented there. That's why I've included it. It's not quite as big as seeing alpha footage, like pre, pre, pre alpha footage of GTA 6. But no. And then you had the, the good prompt, Jeremy. Do you remember what it was? The NVIDIA leak. The NVIDIA leak. The NVIDIA leak that continues to show that it was true all along. Uh, this. When did this happen? So this post, so I'm reading from PC Gamer. And this is saying that in early September, so this must have been 2021. Um, yeah. September 21. Mm. A, <laughs> someone was tinkering in NVIDIA's GeForce Now client and discovered a way to access a list of all the games in the database, some 18,000. Among the database entries, he found games that hadn't been announced for GeForce Now streaming support and what seemed to be a goldmine of games that hadn't been announced at all. So scrolling through, here's a list of the notable ones. Uh, Half-Life 2 Remastered, that has since become clear that that is happening with some cool uh, 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 ray tracing RTX trickery. Yeah. Sony's list of things, none of these had been announced for PC or coming off of the system. Some of these hadn't even been announced as games that existed yet. We're looking at Demon's Souls, Ghost of Tsushima, God of War, Gran Turismo 7, Helldivers 2, Horizon Forbidden West, Ratchet & Clank, Returnal, Sackboy A Big Adventure, and Uncharted Legacy of Thieves Collection. Now, six of those have come onto PC out of 10. So that's huge. More of those, I, I imagine we'll see Ghost of Tsushima on here at some point. Horizon, we've seen the first one there. We'll see the second one there. Demon um, Souls, maybe at some point. Maybe, not sure about that one. Yeah. That, that's a good PS5 showcase. I could see them holding that for a while. But Gran Turismo 7, that could be a good way to compete with Forza a bit to get, to get onto a competing platform of PC. Uh, Square Enix, we've got Chrono Cross Remaster, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Final Fantasy IX Remake, Final Fantasy Tactics Remaster, Kingdom Hearts 4, which wasn't announced at the time. Uh, new strategy game, which since has been confirmed as the Diofield Chronicle, Tactics Ogre Remaster, Tomb Raider 20th and 25th Anniversary, which would have been 2021, Unannounced Card Game 2, which could have been Voice of Cards, The Forsaken Maiden. Uh, so Final Fantasy IX Remake hasn't been announced yet. They don't own Tomb, Ra- Tomb Raider anymore at Square Enix. Um, <laughs> so most, but most of those things have come to light. Yeah. Seven Remake, Kingdom Hearts 4 didn't exist and it does now exist. Yeah. Take 2, we see Bioshock 2022. That, that didn't happen. Bioshock RTX Remaster, XCOM 3. Uh, Sega, we see Judgment, Endless Legend 2, Shin Megami Tensei 5, Total War 9. And on and on it goes. Yeah. On and on and on it goes. So many specific pulls. So many. Resident Evil Four remake, Street Fighter Six. Yeah, yeah. And it was including stuff like like ju- like the Yakuza game Judgment, and, mm-hmm. and but it's also included games that we now know don't exist, right? Like like it, it included Resident Evil Four remake, Street Fighter Six, and Dragon Dogma Two, but it also included Solid Two, Three. It also included things like Titanfall Three, which yeah. we which we know have been cancelled since then. It was being worked on and is no longer being worked on. Yeah. 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 Crash Team Racing Nitro Fueled, Earth Defense Force 6, Talos Principle 2. 
it's it's wild and especially with how early it came out like some of these it's like oh yeah no that's happened but like 2021 we didn't have a whiff of warhammer 40k space marine 2 you know yeah if you told me there was a sequel to that game that came the original one of those came out in like 2012 if you told me there was a new one of those coming out in a couple of years i would have laughed in your face i came i came watch really good by the way it does look really good <laughs> it's got co-op yeah uh and of course, the last was part two had a major leak. That was that was probably the biggest like game single game leak. That was really early. It was really widespread. It was everywhere. Oh, yeah, like, I, I couldn't avoid spoilers. I did for the most part, but yeah. Like, aside from GTA, uh, like that one definitely, like because that like and that was yeah. It 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 got shown. It got leaked around early, and there was a version of the game that got put out. And yeah, yeah, close to final code, and yeah. So that was that was that was a big one, but compared to this xbox documents leak seeing future plans for consoles we've never heard of like that is fucking insane it's mind-blowing it is mind-blowing anyway that's enough about xbox yeah thank you all for for joining us for that we're going to talk a little you want to talk a little more jeremy or should we end it there uh let's let's maybe just talk about cyberpunk 2.0 i think that's a good idea yeah because yeah. we, we've been playing a bit of stuff um i don't have that much to say about lies of p just that i played it on xbox and i want to play it on playstation yeah like i've 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 gone f- just further than the demo now oh okay um and it's fucking real good <laughs> so you're a few hours in then yeah 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 I, I put two meaty sessions into it yeah nice uh and like we touched payday three but enough to talk about yeah i'm re in love with tears of the kingdom um i've played so many hours of it this weekend and i'm so enamored again like to the point where i was i was thinking to myself like is tears of the kingdom really the best game this year i'm not so sure i'd been thinking that to myself this weekend i have reproven that to myself that it is probably going to be my game of the year interesting um but yes let's talk about cyberpunk uh, specifically the 2.0 update. Yeah. Uh, the 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 DLC, the, the Phantom Liberty expansion isn't out yet, but the 2.0 update uh, came out last week. Um, I have I've had access to it a little bit before, so doing some work on it. Um, I would love to hear what you think about this update, Jeremy, as someone who has played the game before, and then I'll I'll give you my my thoughts on this as someone who hasn't played the game before. Yeah. So I've I've played cyberpunk in in two different versions prior to 2.0 which was on launch <laughs> and, and on ps5 it should be said not ps4 it's important to point out where you played it uh yeah but also <laughs> mate, mate it was really rough on ps4 and xbox one i know but i was still getting frame rate dips and crashes every every 40 minutes anyway to the point yeah that, yeah, like, yeah 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 no you definitely were but you weren't getting the ps4 experience yeah yeah I went back and looked at the review for that. Like IGN did a review for that specific version on PS4 and Xbox one at the time. Yeah. Mate. <laughs> yeah. Um, but sorry, go on. And then I played it again. Like I, I, I restarted the game and, and got through the prologue. Um, uh, preparing for 2.0 um, recently, just before 2.0. Um, and it was, it, it was much better on version 1.6 or whatever the final version was prior to 2.0. Yeah, um, the Edge Runners update. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, it felt better in almost every way. Like, just, like, and you know, I was running a PS5 version of the game with, by that point anyway, which didn't originally launch um, because it was just a PS4 game um, running on a PS5. Uh, the Like, the, the, the technical issues had 
been dialed down, not removed completely. When I was playing 1.6, I had a hilarious bug, um, which threw me out of the map, and and I had to reload a previous save. And I was like, oh, I remember you. Um, <laughs> the the children who walk around Night City are still just scaled down adults. Um, yep. Um, but overall, it was a much much smoother, more enjoyable experience that I probably got to enjoy like the character beats and the moments and the writing and the even the combat to a much higher extent and the driving in the world like it everything felt a lot better um and then 2.0 came out and i started to play that and the first thing it so does, how much time have you put into the new update uh only one or two big sessions so probably about like six six seven hours um, okay yeah no but that's that's plenty yeah yeah um i'm still like in the first chapter of the game like i'm still on like like doing all the initial like missions two, like where you where you still have where you just meet johnny i think it's i think that's technically act one because like no I, it says act two. Oh, it says act two okay I, when, I, when, just... when you meet johnny that says act two which oh, okay. is after the title screen just right. pops up <laughs> okay yeah that that's why i assumed it was just called prologue um no because but... there is there is a prologue you yeah. know when you when you do your like start yeah. with, before with jackie yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, like, and, and, you know, when you load in the game, it's like, Hey, like we've wiped your characters, like abilities, we've refunded you all your points, um, go build up in the new skill tree and here's all this new stuff, the new, new shooting and new weapons and the new way cybernetics work and all that stuff. Um, it's way fucking better now. <laughs> it's like, Mate. it is so much, it is like way more interesting and exciting to play this game than it ever was when it, it's. It's cool. It's it's like, it's way cool. I can dash and double jump now. There's six dash. six sliding and the ability freedom is just way better and the the way the world like feels is better. Like the act, like things feel a lot more organic now. It's still it's still a bit chunky at points. It's not a completely smooth experience. I'm still getting you know, like, like the traffic is still really dumb and the world is maybe not as interactive with itself as I would want it to be. But Yeah, and like sometimes cars still disappear every now and then. Yeah. Like you're just there and it's just, whoop, that's yeah. gone. Yeah, and realistically, that's just what that game is going to be. It's You're never going to get rid of that. Um, But like overall, it's 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 a much more fascinating game to, to play. And like it's a much more fascinating RPG now to experience. There's so much more... Um, freedom in 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 how I approach situations and and my ability to role play into characters now has been just been dramatically improved. Hundred um, percent. The 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 amount of cybernetics that I can throw into my body is way fucking cooler now. Like and I, like I and it does more. And it also feels like it fits more, right? Like I feel like I'm actually playing a cyberpunk RPG now at this point. Like I'm actually being able to to be a specific character in this world and my especially with the um the vi the visual enhancements they made to like um your wardrobe where like yeah. gear like your armor is no longer tied to uh pieces of equipment that you're wearing which means that you can wear whatever you want and not look like a doofus just so that you've got a, a higher armor stat yes yeah yeah, yeah. Because the first thing I did in in when I played it just prior to the patch was like I was like, well, I guess I'm ignoring this system because I want to look how I want to look, and now yeah, I can just do that. Um, and the game is again better off for it. I can I can dress like my cyberpunk freak, and do my freaky cyberpunk shit. 
<laughs> and that's good. <laughs> yep. And like, you know, it's a tale as old as time, but fucking hell, the game should have released like this. Um, oh, I, I posted in our Discord the other day, but there was a tweet that Shreya made yesterday that was just, or the day before, that was just a fucking zinger. It was so good. It was like um, Baldur's Gate 3 and Cyberpunk 2077 have have the same thing in common. Both, yeah, have the same thing in common. They were both in early access for the yeah. last three years. It was like, whoa, like you're, you're kind of, you're basically right. <laughs> and, and I think th- there's another thing that's important to know about this is that like, these are self-published games as well. Is that is, Both of is, them, yeah, it's is, true. Is, is very important. So they had the ability to say, to, to, to try and do a comeback story for, for Cyberpunk. And it's it's like, yeah, it's, you know, people have been talking about on Twitter about comeback stories and stuff. And I was like, yeah, like, look, it's not going to, it's not going to be a No Man's Sky comeback story. That is them building up a, a living platform for, for six years now. Um, yeah, and still going. And still going. Seven, I think. Yeah, and continuing to support more and more platforms to continue the reasons to do it, right? All that stuff. Yeah. But this is a good thing. This this update coming out is good. It makes me not, like, you know, roll my eyes when I think about, like, even considering this game because, yeah. the like, the systems in the, in the original game, like, they weren't that interesting. They were, they yeah. were um, sufficient, and that's not what CDPR is known for. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, it's way more interesting now. Way, way more interesting to play. The systems are far more engaging to to engage with. Um, yeah. Yeah. I um I played I played that opening act with Jackie up to Johnny um before updating to two point Yeah. So I had a, exactly I had a what taste. I did. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I had I had a brief taste of one point six, and um, even just, I didn't notice the lack of police on the street, like that. I didn't really notice that, but I just kind of went from mission to mission. Um, the thing that was that is the 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 most striking difference to me was the a couple of mechanics changes. Like you can't just you don't just stock up on on healing items and grenades as individual items now. You unlock a certain type. And then you swap between them in your inventory and they just recharge. So you only start a fight with two or three, depending on your perks of each. And I think that's a really good addition. It means like you're not just looting them and then you've got like 99 of them and they they add to your weight and and you can always just like puff on another one and another one, another one to get through a hard fight. Um, Like that's really good. The skill progression is way better. All of the abilities that they added, removed, tweaked, like bundled into other ones and built off of and turning them into proper trees rather than this like scattershot screen of like, here are all the things you might want on this screen. Like mm. it was such a mess before. Um, and now it's so cool. They give you those progression, that that progression where it's like to get to that one, you need to have bought into that tree first, like the, the queue hack. So you could queue up hacking and then it gives you other hacking benefits as you go further along. It's so much more fun. And they've added so many cool abilities, like the air dash, like being able to block bullets with blades, like uh, being able to slam the ground with blunt weapons, like all of the different car vehicle combat and uh, just general proficiency abilities they add to the tree, like being able to jump out of the car, like vertically or dive out while it's running, being able to 
increase its health so that you take less damage on collisions or that your your vehicles do more damage or your your weapons in your in the car do more damage you can now shoot while in the cars which you couldn't do before there are now cars with mounted weapons which yeah. was so fun like that the police now follow you. Did you know that the police didn't follow you if you got in the car? You I, could just escape. I did know that. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I didn't because I yeah. didn't get in a, poli- a fight with the police. Yeah, and then I, I I did do that as my first experience in two and then learned after the fact that they didn't already do that. Yeah, and my yeah. mind was blown. Like, not surprised necessarily to know that they didn't do that in one point I'd believe that, but I thought that they'd done stuff to, enough stuff to them by one point six. But it's it's really fun. Car combat's great. It means that when you get in a fight, like you can, or like if you if you start being hunted by the police, like it can really start to go on and there are so many dynamic ways to deal with it. I, I've been really, the comparisons are going to continue to be drawn between whatever comes out and Starfield this year, I think. And that right now for me is starting with Cyberpunk. Having having played Starfield coming to cyberpunk, it's an old game. It's just been updated, yada, yada, but I cannot help but think about how I may not in, I may not like the world of night city as much as I enjoy the, the, the open expanse of space and letting you explore that, but it is more enjoyable. It is more believable. It is more whole. It is more cohesive, like to sell the scale of the city of this massive metropolis it actually takes like 20 minutes to drive from one side to the other. It's huge. That's the majority of the map, right? And, and it, it, it's what they spent all of their time on. It's one big location. And it's authored, right? It's like, it's yes. it's designed by people who yes. have designed a world which which like feels like it's put together in a natural sort of way, right? There and are, it all there supports are slums. trying to tell with the story and the setting and the design, as you say, yeah. It's not generated. But the thing, the thing with Starfield for me isn't, it isn't the generated content. I'm not, I'm not even thinking of that when I'm thinking, I'm thinking of how New Atlantis isn't really that big. Yeah. It's really hard to get around. And also it ends at the city border and just turns into the rest of the generated planet around it. And all of the cities are like that. They're not actually that big or interesting. They're kind of the little towns on planets. Do you, you know, can only go to one little town or another. Do you know what New Atlantis reminds me of? Uh, um, is it the, um, the place... Uh, Xander. <laughs> Xander. No, Xander at least has got some character to it. Yeah, it's pretty white and sterile and fountains everywhere kind of a vibe. Yeah, but there's there's like... What I'm going for. Yeah, but like, you know what it reminds... It reminds you of the fucking Citadel. Oh, in Mass Effect. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair enough. Like, Except the thing with the Citadel is it's much bigger. It is much bigger. But like, the, the open area of the Citadel where it's just like the... Just like generic city you, so it's specifically you must be talking about mass effect one yeah, right? yeah it changes yeah. every time that, 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 that is my point of reference i, I should yeah. i should say um like just like vibeless like the promenade right yeah yeah like yeah but there's some shops and you can go downstairs in one area or you can go it, over to that and... it's like they gentrified nothing it's like yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like when you gentrify something you remove a lot of the personality for it to make it really boring but yeah. like when you like, you, there's still a little bit of the character underneath. Sometimes, mm-hmm. New Atlantis and 
the Citadel feels like they just gentrified nothing and they just like printed a city. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. This doesn't feel like that. No. You know, I don't I don't necessarily care if I'm not being stopped by randoms on the side of the road like in GTA because at least the world feels like the world. It feels real. The amount of advertising they've got everywhere and like the the just the way the the the, the lights, the street lights and the the lights of the buildings, the the way the cars drive around, the styles of the cars. Like the, the way everything's built on top of itself and there's areas where there's no sunlight because there's there's bridges overhead that that bridge across like it just feels like an authentic version of what they were trying to show us it feels like yeah. itself yeah yeah can i also say jeremy this i'm so i'm playing this game on a 3080 so not not i'm not getting all of the brand new goodness i tried turning on some of the new the new shit that came in this update mm-hmm. and i because i don't have a 40 series card i can only do so much but the stuff I could turn on took my frame rate from like 80 to 20. Like, yeah, <laughs> like right. one button friend. So <laughs> like I'm, I'm not using any of that, but I've got a little bit of ray trace reflections and a good bit of DLSS and, and I'm playing in like 1440p and this game is fucking stunning. Yeah, sometimes. Visually, yeah. Yeah. it is unreal. Like maybe one of the, best looking games i've ever seen and i know i'm not getting the best out of it right because they they're actually pushing like the bleeding edge of visuals in the industry looking at digital foundry's content of what it looks like on a 4090 it looks fucking insane and like it it's i think it also it's also one of those games that lends itself um yeah. to to, like, be, to being a showcase because it's all there's so much metal there's so much reflection there's so much realistically there's a lot of neon lights and so many neon and lights. And if there's one thing that is, there's one thing. So if, many wet streets. If there's one thing the human condition loves to look at, it's the reflection of a neon light in a puddle. Mm-hmm. And especially a bunch of reflections of neon lights in a puddle. We, we've, we've not yet been able to grapple with the impact that Blade Runner has on, <laughs> on a specific vibe of. Um, like like a, a specific approval of a thing, right? Like the 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 idea that like neon in the rain now is the barometer for like, ooh, this is something new. <laughs> well, I mean, let's be honest as well. Like, Blade Runner is part of the cyberpunk milieu. Like, it's kind of like a like sure. a like a neon noir kind of vibe. Like, there's a lot of it it gets like people when you start talking about cyberpunk as a genre or as a as an oeuvre, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Then, like people start getting really nitpicky. It's like, oh no, it's more of a noir detective story, or is this or is that? No, no, no. Let's let's. It's it's cyberpunk. Well, like, cyber, cyberpunk came out after Blade Runner, but like, no, no, no. I I don't mean it is the property cyberpunk. I mean it is oh, the style cyberpunk. Sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but, to to yeah. how much of an extent is it fully? Maybe not, but that's not what I'm saying. The, so to see them referencing that so strongly with a game called Cyberpunk, they reference one of the most, like the 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 most well known, like distinctive pictures of the genre in the form of Blade Runner. I think that is uh, well. You'd be dumb not to do it. Yeah, you know, of, be, of course. You'd be silly not to pull from it. I'm, I'm not complaining about about, no, 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 about, no, no, about totally, more totally. Blade Runner. It's fun. It's all. great. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen any of the the 
any like any trailer of what it looks like on a with like DLS three point five or yeah yeah like I've seen like like often if I need to do um if I need to test like an OBS scene or something mm. I will often just grab a stream of of a gameplay and, and throw it in the background while I'm fucking around um and I'll I'll often grab just like you know like RTX gameplay just search it on YouTube and then that, like Cyberpunk often shows up yeah um and then sometimes instead of doing what I'm meant to be doing, I'm just kind of watching. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's 100%. Yeah. The thing I love as well is like, like, you know, they're recording in 4K and I can't, I can't run the game in 4K with decent ray tracing and a decent frame rate. So I, I, I bump it down. Yeah. But these videos are like 90 frames per second, 4K fully ray traced. And I can just load it up on YouTube and look at it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, oh my, like you should do that on your telly. You should load up <laughs> like Digital Foundry's latest video on it. Yeah. On on your telly and just watch it's absolutely astounding so yeah. yeah i just needed to point out how the visuals are i'm i'm really enjoying the they put so much work into the story and the dialogue and the voice acting and like even the way characters walk around scenes and the way you're introduced to them and the choices you can make and like i mean i'm I'm enjoying being able to see that now because, well, I mean, it's the first time I played the game, but like no one spoke about that really. Like it's not the thing that people remember about the discussions back in 2020. It was all how it's buried under all of the different um, bugs and all of the different issues it had. So being able to see the virtues of the game for what it is, is really enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's the people that made The Witcher. Yeah. Turns out. Turns out there's a good game under all of that unrefined gunk. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It it it's it it has been very fun. I was trying to I was I was racking my brain trying to remember what my issues with the game pre release were because I was remembering as I was playing and I was like, why did I had a moral obligation a, a moral objection to this game before it came out? And I was trying to remember the details of it and the, I and I've and I've got a good picture of it now in my head. Yeah, like the, there was there was a lot of issues across across two things: one inside the game, one out. There was there was a, yes. there was very poor. Um, very poor use of like transphobic like iconography in like, yeah, like trans fetishization. Yeah, um, in in a lot of the like in a lot of the material that was like m like you know meant to be satirically advertising material inside of yeah. the game, but was still gross as hell. Um, yeah, and like they kept it. <laughs> well, they they changed some of it. Um, a little bit but like yeah. the main offend offense that i remember is that like one like swimsuit advertisement that that's still in there that's everywhere that's all over the place well like what they removed was like the outline of genitalia from that um because oh, there's still a bulge isn't there yeah like th there is like it's not like it's it's not gone is the thing yeah um the other the other obligation was just the the way that studio ha like treated crunch and and all of that yes. stuff like it was like really really poor form um so bad going back on promises and yeah yeah like really bad really fucking shit um also let's not forget that their uh, their social team manager person for a while was making like like helicopter oh, gender was, jokes on on the on the cyber on like the CDPR Twitter account or something. Like there was a, a string of like questionable like edge lordy kind that, of was posts. That, was that them or was that was that was shout out to 
shout out to Rick or something. Do you remember that? No, not not specifically. But I, I remember that they they had a PR person who they, they kind of strung along a few um offhand jokes of them running the account and like replying to people and like doubling down on like kind of gross jokes. Um that hasn't happened since before the game came out, I don't think. Like because I think it happened loud one time and they're like, no, 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 no more of this. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then there was I finally I remember the thing was that like people were upset that you couldn't choose. I think you could only choose like male or female V. And they were like, oh, this is cyberpunk. Why don't you let me choose all the other bits? So then they let you choose like your bottom genitals, but not like like top half genitals. Like you couldn't change whether you had breasts or not independently of all that other stuff. And also you couldn't change your pronouns or voice separately to male, female V. They were like, oh, like they, they did like a half step with whatever they could that wouldn't break their game's coding for like who says what pronouns for all the dialogue and all of that because it came yeah. in like three months before launch. Yep. Yep. As like a like a placation kind of a thing. And it was like, oh, man, you guys really didn't think about this at all. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I, I think it's important to engage with it with those things in mind. Um because it's it's not like like I said, that ad's still there. It's not like those things are gone. It's not like they didn't crunch to make that game happen. It's not like they didn't post those things on their social accounts. Like some of those things without reprimand, you know, like yep. important to keep in mind the history of how this game came to be. Mm-hmm. If you're going to get in there and enjoy it for what it is today. Uh, which is a, a decent game. <laughs> so yeah, that's it. That's it for us, everyone. That's a, that's another long one in the books. Cause of course, of course it was. Um, Jeremy, thank you for bringing that to my and our attention. I completely slept on the majority of that and all of the ramifications. All of, it the, was of like, the Xbox stuff, yeah. It's like if there was an earthquake that woke everyone up and I like read about it on the news the next morning, I'm like, oh yeah, no, I thought I heard something. Okay, cool. And I put my phone down and I didn't look at it ever again for the rest of the week. Yeah, right. <laughs> so you're like, it was like an 8.6 earthquake. Like people died. I'm like, oh, uh so yeah that's gonna do it for us everybody um next week who knows is there a game coming out this coming week jeremy phantom liberty is coming out i guess but uh there is uh it's too many games i i i I did the i did the picture today but i haven't posted it because last time i posted it tiktok got mad at me um uh uh, ea sports comes out (laughs) Oh, yeah, his sports football. Yeah, it comes out at uh, the end of the week. In, wow. In, in okay. Well, yeah. that's we probably won't be talking about that, but that's a big deal. I'll be interested to hear how that goes. Yeah, I'm so I'm so curious. Is that that's that's the next best uh, big thing this for this week? Yeah, like Phantom Liberty is tomorrow. Um, Sonic Frontiers DLC is in the middle of the week. Um, Cocoon comes out this week, Kerry. Cocoon. Oh, sick! When am I going to have time to play that? I don't know. I don't know when. I really want to play that. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh, I did just get Game Pass for Payday. Um, you can play Cocoon. I think, it, I think it's launching on Game Pass. It is. Yeah, no, it, it definitely is. I really want to play that. It's got such a cool style. And then Assassin's Creed Mirage is the week after. Oh, my fucking God. Okay, cool. Cool, I- cool, cool. All right. So next week, you might hear us talk about Cocoon or Phantom Liberty or both or neither. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. N- next week might be a little bit funny. Um, it will. Oh, it, yeah. It, it, it'll entirely depend on... Um, when I get my PC set up, um, Jeremy's moving house this weekend. 
uh, I'm moving house next Monday, <laughs> the day we record. Um, so you're, what are you doing Saturday, Sunday? Packing. Oh, fuck, man. Yeah. And, and Friday, because it's We Monday. can record on Tuesday if you want. <laughs> well, like, we'll see how we go. Um, yeah. Uh, so that'll be, that's a, it's a, like, it's a probably like, I'm, I'm pretty good yeah. at getting my computer set up and, and just getting everything going and it'll good, it'll be a good like test of everything to make sure it all works. Yeah. I just don't want it. I don't want us to get to the end of a podcast like tonight. It's 10 30 PM and you still need to like put your bed together afterwards. No, so no, no, like, no. Like the, 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 be, the bed will be the bed. Will be. And I've got the Tuesday off as well from work. So I'm not going yeah, to yeah. work the next day. Um, so yeah. like I've got, I'll, I'll be, I'll be all right. All right, um, okay, cool. The, the, we'll work it out. Anytime you move house, the bed is always the first thing. The bed is always, that, always the first thing. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. It has to be in case shit like that happens. Yeah. Uh, but that is a good time, a good thing to point out. Week after next will be us talking about PAX Australia, which is happening in two weekends from now. May, um, maybe we record at PAX. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Maybe. We're, we're, we're working on it. Yeah. Uh, we're working on something. And if not, we'll just tweet a bunch, probably. Yeah, like... I'll put up and something. And then tell you all about it on Monday. I'll put up something. I want to try and talk to devs while we're there. Maybe we'll talk about that in the post game, in the post show. Um, just, yeah. just for just for a spell. Cool. And then all right, everyone, in two weeks after that, I'll be in Sydney. <laughs> uh, Jeremy's going to South by Southwest Sydney to represent Minimap. So, and then uh, after that, I'll be in Adelaide, but that's not for Minimap. That's just to see Jamiroquai. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeremy's got a very full month, everybody. So uh, join join me in praying for him because he needs, he needs your positive thoughts. Um, until then though we'll be back next week who the fuck knows what we'll be talking about we were meant to talk about something else this week and that that didn't happen so um, I'm not even going to bother saying what it might be this is a surprise next week you'll yep. get what you can I hope you return to see what it is <laughs> it'll be good yeah no doubt it'll be good regardless thank you so much for joining us this week thank you so much for getting to the end of the episode with us uh, this was a really fun one. If you want to make sure you catch next week's episode, make sure to follow all of our social accounts. That's at MinimapAU. Uh, you can also follow us to know when we go live. Uh, we usually post the, those notifications on Twitter or in our Discord, which you can find a link to on our website. Hey, what website is that, you say? That's minimap.com.au. You can go there for everything we've ever done, everything else Minimap-related, including the Minidisc Game Club podcast, our pop culture kissability ranking podcast, uh, the latest article that was published, which was your American, no, Alaskan Truckers Simulator preview. Uh, Alaskan uh, Road Truckers is the official name of the game. Road Truckers, thank you. I knew it was. I knew it was not that, but I was. Yeah. I, I was. I was in the. It's, was it's, in it's the, an easy mistake to make. The game changed names at some point. Oh, so Alaskan right, Road okay. Truckers is the current name of the game. And you can find Jeremy's preview for that on minimap.com.au, along with everything else we've ever done. For those of you that are live with us on Twitch, stick around. We're about to start the post-show. We'll name the show, and we'll talk a bit about what our plans are for PAX. For those of you listening later, make sure to give us a positive rating. If you've got the time, it helps out a lot. Uh, And that's about it. Except, lastly, you can support us on Patreon if you would like to. Remember, we are completely independent and funded almost entirely from what we bring to the table from our day job. So if you'd like to help us keep the mics and lights on, you can do that by heading over to patreon.com slash minimapau and for five australian bucks you'll get 24 hours of early access for all episodes of the minimap cast as well as more benefits all while helping us out a great deal again thank you so much for listening thank you for being here have a good week everybody (laughs) don't get buried in games and we'll see you in a week